Sports with Katie Nolan is presented by Coors Light, the beer made to chill. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. I bet you're uh, a problem. Yeah, I feel like it would not be fun to play with you. Yeah, I don't think Wait, I'd want to play. I'm a problem? Yeah. What does like, that mean? It's like That's a, like a compliment or and an insult at the same time. Hello, string cheeses. Welcome to sport. Is that the plural? String cheese? Strings, strings cheese. cheese. <laughs> Welcome to Sports, the podcast that ends with a question mark but starts with a question. I'm Katie Nolan. She's Ashley. Hi. He's Jay. Hello. And this is today's question. Hey, Katie, Ashley, and Jay. This so is fast. Lucas calling from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, uh, I wanted to start off by saying, Katie, thank you oh, for no. pointing out that our city is A, in the middle of nowhere, and B, full of fat people, which <laughs> I would be upset about, except, you know, Oh, God. My question for you is, assuming that it could be played in a COVID-free environment, what obscure sport would you like to make a comeback right now? My personal pick would be Slam Ball, which, you know, hit MTV in the mid-aughts, and I miss very, very much, and I would love to have it back, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts. So, thanks. Love the show. Love you guys. Mean it. Have a good day. Lucas, thank you. <laughs> Love you. Have a it. good day. First things Have a first. Good day. Let's start with my apology to the city <laughs> of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Um, I got a, a, quite a few tweets. I think I saw some stuff on Reddit of people being like, we're not fat. And I don't know why I said <laughs> it. It was just a, it was just, look, it was just like a, what's the first city with a very popular stadium? It's your fault for being good at football and being front of mind. You know, I could have said Chicago, but like they're, you know, I don't think about them because they're not good. Look, I didn't mean that all the people were fat. I also don't think there's anything wrong with, I'm going to dig myself a bigger hole. I'm just really sorry to <laughs> Wisconsin. Um, and then I, but I did see people saying like, she said her stadium was in the middle of nowhere and like, it's literally, there's a neighborhood right there. And like, that's my point. No stadium <laughs> is next to a neighborhood. Stadiums are normally next to like major roads and stuff, even though, you know, Foxborough has one road you can take to get to it. Point is there being houses that overlook Lambo is a very cool, crazy thing. That's not common. I'm sorry to Green Bay. <laughs> um, I love you very much. I really do. I like the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, what a guy. Sorry to him and Danica. This is. is a sad, sad story. But congrats but to him back. and Shailene Woodley. Oh, is that what happened? Rumors. Rumors, allegedly. Wow. Deal. You're, are it's you out like, here just like spreading hot goss on this podcast? I'm just, guys. She's in I, the know. I'm a She's Twitter lurker now, so I read a lot and I have like a uh, lot of You know of what now. I discovered? Uh, what I discovered this week is that Olivia Culpo is dating Christian McCaffrey. I did not know that. Oh. Yeah. And I would say Olivia Culpo has a type. Scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> Who was she dating before that? Danny uh, Amendola. Dan- Dan- yeah, Danny Amendola. Not I, just, I mean, but same I though. Just, maybe next. Yeah. Maybe Danny Woodhead's next. I mean, good for her. She knows what she likes. Wow. Okay. Uh, anyway, I just didn't know that, and now I just think that's so weird. I found out Alexa Bliss is dating Ryan Cabrera. Shut up! Oh wait, yeah. I knew that. I think I knew that, Did and you? I texted you that, but we both forgot it because oh, I definitely that happens texted to me a lot. You. Yeah. That me a lot. You know why? Because it's not important information. <laughs> Our brain does not need to retain the fact that Ryan Cabrera is dating Alexa Bliss. But when we went to SummerSlap, 
you thought I would like Alexa Bliss yeah. and I hated her. Yeah. And then, you know, fun hated. Please don't at me. Um, mm. And then uh, now she's dating my childhood crush. So, bitch, it's on. Please don't hate me. <laughs> Uh, anyway, to answer Lucas's question, which he did try very hard to Sam, he Sammed yeah, it. Yeah, he tried. Here's a here's a clue because I I don't think maybe it's not you know sinking in for our listeners. Uh, if you start a sentence right after asking your question with "my choice would be," you're probably about to Sam it. So like you could just <laughs> not um, let us know what your choice would be. But he did let us know his choice would be slam ball, which was big on MTV. And uh, while it's not the sport that I'm going to pick because it's not a sport, I will say if we're bringing back MTV stuff, Celebrity Deathmatch should probably come back. <laughs> I think we all loved it. But um, for and as Daria. for a sport, Jay, we were having this discussion before. It's kind of about the interpreta- interpretation of the question. It which is. It always is. Because it's like in a post-COVID world, what sport do you want to make a comeback? And there aren't that many sports that just don't exist anymore. Um, so I think the interpretation oh. of it is m- what? I, so it's a sport that doesn't exist or like an obscure sport? This is what I'm saying. Not- so I'm, I, at first I was like an obscure sport to make a comeback because I don't think slam ball is, is a thing anymore. No. Um, but then I just, I think what we, you guys are saying, your interpretation was like with all of the sports being done and all kind of starting off on equal ground here from zero, if assuming that were true. Which sport do you want to like take the lead and become kind of bigger thanks to starting back up again? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm gonna say darts. Mm. Ooh. Because England it's a great is great answer. England is super into darts. And I know that sounds crazy. And if you've never seen a clip or anything from darts, you might be like, what is she talking about? Watch one clip of people watching darts. It seems like the most fun experience in the world. Um, there's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of yelling. There's gambling. I'm super like into it. Like entrances. Oh, it's like yeah. a huge deal. Like They're I watched one darts thing and it was so fun. They're big personalities. They have these like rivalries and stuff. Everybody, I already said this, is drunk. And my argument is just like golf took off and that's super boring to watch. The other day, mm. um, <laughs> what's his face? Uh, uh, putt on the fairway and everybody was like crazy. Phil Mickelson. And I was like cool golf like golf is going nuts <laughs> over bryson DeChambeau because he's big and it's like okay like it's the exciting things in golf are like not even that ex- so darts we can make darts exciting yeah. if you've been to a bar it's possible that's a great so, answer i'm get. i'm saying darts who wants to go next uh i will go next i interpreted it a little bit differently god damn it um which was just like what's an obscure sport you want to come back and i kind of that's made just, it what like, do you mean though well so i i was like i want this to come back because i miss playing it and it's cornhole mm. like with I mean, summer on a tear it's back it is it's like on tv it's you know like whatever they have a world championship yada yada but like i miss it so much like playing in the summer is so mm. much fun it is the perfect outdoor party game other people call it bags depending on where you live i bet you're Uh, a problem 
Yeah, I feel like it would not be fun to play with you. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to play. I'm a problem. Yeah, what does that mean? It's like a a compliment or and an insult at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, have you ever played cornhole with Ashley? She's a fucking problem. As Mm -hmm. in, like, you're really good, but you're also really intense about it. And I think for me, the way I play those backyard games, which is drunk, I think that it would be stressful to play with you. And I actually think it would be more stressful to be your teammate than to play against you. Because I think that as your teammate, you'd be like, step it up, Nolan. And then I would cry into my Coors Light. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Have you ever played Can Jam? Uh, Yeah, Can Jam. I've heard of it. Would you even let me defend myself? What's um, up? Go ahead. No, that's fine. I'll just let that slide. Oh, you're right. You're, you wouldn't be no, competitive. Excuse me. Go do ahead. You wanna, defend do you wanna, yourself. Do you want to yeah, speak to the, like, accusations? 18-year-old <laughs> Ashley would have been that way, but 30-year-old Ashley isn't that way. I'm, what about 34-year-old a... Ashley? <laughs> 35. <laughs> what about 35-year-old Ashley? <laughs> right? What year is it? Yeah, I'm 35. No, it's I, it's, it's a lot. Them. It's a lot more fun. Every time. It's a lot more know. fun. I am a little competitive. But I don't take it out on my partner. I keep things what? to myself. I can hear Steve. And I'm not that good. The, I want to watch. I want to watch Steve listen to this part of the podcast. I would like to watch it happen and have his reaction because I can tell before I even said I want to see Steve. I bet he was already shaking his head and laughing and being like Ashley. But okay, sure. Jay, what's your sport? Um, well, as you all know, I um, mostly like to do things for the outfits that come along with it. And, of course. Fencing. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a little Figure too skating. far. Um, I think that there is just a whole lot of swag involved in the outfits that one could possibly wear in the game of racquetball. And I would like competitive mm. racquetball to become a thing that we all like to watch here in 2020. Now... The thing about racquetball is that what tell us you get to wear these really sick glasses. So it's like everybody's out here looking like Horace Grant and then just like smashing this little ball into the wall. And Wait, it's hold on. A lot of there's just I feel like you could do a lot with cool camera angles. I think it's a, it's the sport of the future. So I think I'm picturing squash. Squash. So I was just going to say, can you explain to us and our listeners, those who don't know, because most of them do, the difference between squash and racquetball? Having never played squash, uh, I absolutely can tell you what happens in racquetball, which is... um, Are they in the same court? I think they're different sized courts from what I remember. So they're they're both played with a ball on an enclosed court. A smaller ball on an enclosed court and racquetball... There's a line, a foul line that you start behind. Then you, the one player hits the ball in between a certain set of lines on the wall. And then once that happens, the game begins. And then I think it's if you can't return the ball with one bounce, then it's a point to the other team. Um, squash, probably very similar, but I think it's a different court. The squash ball is ball. made of rubber and it's four centimeters in diameter. Off the top of my head, this is yeah, what I remember. Is, and, is... and racquetball <laughs> has a bigger ball. It's like six, it's about six centimeters in diameter, I would say. It's That's also made totally of rubber, right. but it's, it is more bouncy. The uh, yeah. racquetball is more bouncy. Would yeah, you say but... racquetball ball or is it just racquetball? I think it's just the racquetball. Got it. Um, now, of course, we, rem- we should also remember that racket is spelled R-A-C-Q-U-E-T. And you do love you do love a a, a random Q. I love an like obscure Q. Ball Welsh. Mm. Yes, yes, nice. Ball okay, Welsh. sure. Um, that is my team name, and uh, 
Listen, most individuals are not keen on this, uh, and the high chances are you've never noted that the courts are different. But they're both enclosed. They have unique. This is just what I'm remembering. They're both enclosed. They have unique features. For example, the size and the playing surfaces are different. A squash court is much smaller with a surface area of, if I yeah. recall correctly, 21 by 32 <laughs> by 15 feet. Yeah. It's and a much, racquetball yeah. court, Jay, as you know, has a surface area of 20 by 20, 40 by 20. 20 feet. by 40 by 20 is what right. I, was gonna say. I think you got frozen there for a second. Yeah, um, so it's a, it's a lot internet. bigger. It's a lot bigger. Um, and every port of, part of the court in racquetball is inbound, including the ceiling. While right. in squash, um, in squash, you're not allowed to hit the ceiling. Yeah, it's an uh, article that I'm definitely not reading. Is trying to make it sound like they're so different. Of like, oh my god, the differences are huge. For one, yeah. you just can't hit the ceiling in one of the games, and in the other game, the ball is like a is clearly much bigger. It's like they're not. That's true. That different. They sound like we could probably just pick one. Yeah, I think we're picking racquetball. Um, what if we call it squashketball? Here's the thing that's crazy with the racquet thing you just pointed out. <laughs> racquetball is played with a racquet. Squash is played with a racket. Now I'm even more confused. Yeah, that's right. That's crazy. And before you play a racquetball game, you have to eat butternut squash. So now it's I like, what are we have, doing here? I did just what have, are we doing here? I did just have the idea that if you were going to have a squash team, you could be called the Squash Bucklers. So oh now my I gosh. think I'm kind That's of really good, onto Jay. the squash side of things. Well, wait, Jay, how does scoring work in racquetball? Uh, ooh, that's a great question. Um, I'm pretty sure it's the same as tennis. Well, so in squash, right? Because I know that I squash a lot. I'm yeah. not a player, but I squash a lot. Um, <laughs> the points go up to nine in regular games, and they go up to 11 in tournaments. I've never made it to the postseason, but if I did. Right. Uh, to win the game, these two points must be indicated. What's up? Sure. And also, just like in tennis, the points can be rewarded regardless of server or receiver. Right. Uh, in racquetball, on the other hand, the points go up to 15. However, the points are only rewarded to the server. Uh, the two points must be clear. Right. So Not like you, murky. You, right. They have to be clear. Um, as day, if possible. Uh, yeah. Which one's more popular, would you say, squash or racquetball? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that squash is more popular than racquetball, but I That's think correct. that the tables should be turned. Okay. That, um, racquetball is... That was my whole point to begin with. It's time for a right. racquetball... Renaissance. Renaissance. Because of the goggles. Of racquetsance. I mean, you wear goggles and squash too, but I feel like that's racquetball. What, yeah. Here's the thing that's crazy to me, time. and I don't, I don't understand the metric this article I'm not reading is measuring by, but when it says squash is way more popular than racquetball with a popularity of blank million globally, while racquetball has a popularity of blank million, what would you guess those millions are? Because I'm blown away. Um, I would say that squash has somewhere in like 13 million. Whereas racquetball is down to f maybe four. You're wrong. Ashley, what would you say? <laughs> I was going to say like, I'm going to overshoot it, but I was going to say like 450 million for some Ashley? reason. That seems for high. Which, for which sport? For squash, obviously. Okay. Well, squash is 20 million. Jay was a lot closer. Mm. And also yeah. we're doing prices Right Rules. Jay wins. Uh, yeah. 20 million for we squash. We're always doing prices Right Rules. 5.6 for racquetball, which I, you guys threw out some crazy numbers, so I don't think that's landing as hard as I wanted it to, but that is four times as much almost. Wow. Well, again. Racquetball. It's racquetball really, time in America. Not great. And All right. I'll see you on the court. Whoa. Sounds like a threat. <laughs> that's right. That's what you say.
I mean, don't like, you have to go into a room and close a door? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. think I'm gonna go into that room and I'm gonna close that door, and then yeah, we're gonna we're play gonna a racket. Yeah, we're gonna need a vaccine ball. first, I think, because there's a lot of sweating in a closed space, and I don't know well, about the ventilation. This, I, as Lucas pointed out, this is a COVID-free environment, so sure. Post-COVID yeah. world. Um, in the meantime, we can play cornhole outside. What about the tin? What's a tin? Ashley, I was gonna say you have a backyard. You should be definitely investing in some cornhole. I know I would like to do that. However, there's only three of us, and my kid's not very good. You can you and Steve. Your kid goes to bed. You and Steve go outside. We each have a beer. Here is a propos a cider. She'd have a cider. Here's a proposition. Love you so much. What if Austin were the beanbag? (laughs) Just throw my kid. I didn't say it. You said it. Wait. Okay. So you get trampolines on either end. Oh god. And then you throw the child and then he lands on the trampoline. I'm thinking maybe Jay, it should be drinking? a trampoline it's and it's not it judgment. Should... I just am curious. For my sure. knowledge, have you been drinking? <laughs> just iced coffee. It shouldn't be a trampoline. I'm revising. Okay. It should be like a pillow fort. Ooh. And then you can throw the kid into the pillow fort. Now if you miss oh my god. that's probably. This reminds me of something I want to tell you guys in the pup date. Okay. I'm finished now with my really okay. good ideas. Oh, so so. Our, our picks are racquetball, <laughs> cornhole, and uh, whatever I said, darts. darts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic. Actually, a very fun question. Um, if you have a very fun question that you don't have the correct answer to and you want to, leave off a voicemail. You can. Great job. You can just call 860-506-5571. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. How are we? Good. Good, good, good. Can we skip right to the pup date? I want it. I want it now. Oh, sure. Fuck me, right? We'll talk about Myrtle. Um, oh, fine. I'm just kidding. No, she. so I told you last week, stop me if I said any of this, but I did say she's six months, so we're getting rid of lunch. We did that yesterday. Oh, man. Um, she How'd took she it. O- she took it okay. I'm also practicing uh, leaving her alone. We're trying to pretend we're not here, even though we both have booming voices and we both record shows every single day. Uh, we're trying to like leave her alone in a room for what would be a work day. So at noon, we leave her and we don't go back out there till eight. So she's been alone, um, and she handled it really, really well yesterday. And uh, we're going to see how it goes today. The, again, hardest part of it is, is getting Dan to understand um, not to go out there and talk to her. Because yesterday it was okay because he went out all day. Um, and so it was, the temptation wasn't there. And then today he's like, oh, Myrtle, you only have to be alone for six hours today because dad's going to take you to the dog park. And I was like, that's not the point. The point is the eight, a- the eight hours isn't because mom's lazy. The eight, And she is. But the eight hours was for her because we need to know. I just had a nightmare that I would like go to work and not know that she was at home crying. So I'm like, I want to see if she cries at five o'clock, then I know that like we've got to work on, you know, getting her. She's not ready yet. I don't know. I'm just trying to over prepare. But so we don't give her lunch anymore, which means she gets more food at breakfast and more food at dinner. And... um and we gave her the food at breakfast today and she ate about half of it and then she just like stopped and sat down and I was like, are you sure? What? Because my dog eats everything and all of it all the time. And so she looked at me and I was like, are you sure? Because I'm gonna take that bowl away. And then she was like, well, hold on. Then she went back, <laughs> but she still didn't finish it. And then she was like, I'm done. So I took it away, which is good because I love her, but she's gaining a couple pounds. Um, Aren't we all? Yeah, and it's like I don't judge, but I also don't want to be that person that sometimes I think when I see people with really fat dogs, I'm like, you're doing that dog a disservice. Yeah, Um, I mean, it's bad for their health, like, 
if she's a right she's not yeah. obese it's just they say right. when you're above the dog you should be able to see like their that waist and her mm-hmm. waist is not it's going away um but they also say she'd be able to feel their ribs but not see them and i can certainly feel them but then again i might just be pushing really hard the fun part of the pup date <laughs> is uh is again anyone who's listening to this that has dogs including you know ashley is going to be rolling their eyes at me because i'm an overprotective puppy mom because i'm new here but um it's been like 97 the last couple days and uh and so i haven't wanted to take her outside and like have her run around at the dog park because i don't want her to get heat stroke because they say for puppies it's really dangerous to be anywhere that it's over 90 and so with the humidity and everything, I'm like, I just don't want her to get, you know, sick or whatever. So I came up with this concept called Indoor Dog Park. <laughs> and um, Dan's playing God of War. And there's, if you've played God of War, there's, I made him play it because it's my favorite game. But there's a bunch of different realms and they're all like Niflheim and Alfheim. And so we named the Indoor Dog Park Myrtleheim. <laughs> and uh, and so it, what I do is like I move the table so there's just like this big circle with our couch and she can just run around and go nuts and then in the corner of the couch I built this big pillow fort so she'll just like run up onto this pillow and like bury herself in it and then I'll jump on her and then she runs out and then we sprint around uh I get exhausted within five minutes mom has no gas I am uh very out of shape but it's really really cute and then as soon as I stop playing it she'll like put her paw on me and start barking like come on run around and I'm like I can't I just need some like, do you want water she's like no I'm like I I just have to drink this Gatorade <laughs> um, so the last two days we've been doing that which is really fun um, but she's gonna need to go back to the dog park because those dogs can run around but yeah. there was a dog at the last time we went there that I did not like and Myrtle didn't like that dog either and she does this thing when there's dogs that are like scary to her um, she doesn't do it with all dogs, but she'll like roll over and like show her belly, which is like how dogs are submissive of like, you win, you win, go away. Um, but then I think because that dog did that to her ever since that dog like got up in her face, now dogs that she's friends with, she tries to show that she's dominant. Ooh. And so she humps them. Mm. Mm. And Again. so now she goes to the, to the best. she goes to the dog park and she just humps some dogs mm-hmm. and we have to keep being like Myrtle, no, stop! We've got a sexually deviant child. But That's... I googled it; it's like not sexual because she's a girl, so she's not really you know unless she's on yeah. top, which shout out. But um, <laughs> she just is humping to be like, I got dominated, but in this relationship, I'm the alpha. And so I'm just like, please stop doing that. I got to Google how to actually get her to stop doing it. Because right now I'm just going, Myrtle, please. Uh, <laughs> you're making mommy look weird. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable when dogs She hump. hasn't humped us, though. That's good. That's good. I mean, she might. And then again, it'll be weird. But it also made me rethink when Raylan started humping me. Because now I'm like, is she yeah, dominating me? No. I don't know. I don't know. I'll gladly be raised, bitch. Maybe- I mean, maybe <laughs> it was like, maybe it was after no. you told her like no too many times. And she's like, hold on, let's re- reassess <laughs> who's in control here. Mm. Your dog doesn't respect consent. No, I don't think so. Um, so that's your pup date. Uh, she's doing great. She's getting a little chubby and she's humping a lot. <laughs> that's, so that's a great pup date. That is that pup date. Um, how are you guys as people? Mm. Ash, your room looks nice. 
Oh, thank yeah. you. Oh my god, there's stuff in it. There's stuff in it. Yeah, we have a little bookcase, and I was telling Katie uh, yesterday we got this bed uh, and bed frame from Casper, and I didn't use the promo code like an absolute idiot. Like what? What also an idiot. a bigger <laughs> absolute idiot is that I have a Casper bed yeah. that I'm not using mm-hmm. that you could have had. Yeah, but you bought yeah. one and didn't use our promo code. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. But the bed is super comfortable. So free free advertising for Casper. This bed's awesome. <laughs> and we got an Just adjustable... bleep it. Bleep all of this. <laughs> <laughs> we got an adjustable bed frame. So like if I plop down on it, there's a remote and I can press the button and it goes and lifts you up so you can like watch is TV it, or play video games. Is it independent here. of the other side or is it the whole thing at once? The whole thing at once. If you want to do split, you have to get... A split um, bed frame? A two twin XL frames because mm. then they can do like each side and that goes Got with the it. king mattress and that seems unnecessary anyway because you're not actually well, yeah. sleeping in there right this is our guest room slash office slash um, gaming lounge slash yeah. yeah gaming lounge which I need to start taking advantage of we're so gonna we're get Ashley close, video games but we just found out uh like we we're supposed to get our dining room table yesterday today it was supposed to come today and they called me yesterday and they're like oh it came damaged so August 9th so we still don't have a table, so I started, I finally opened that puzzle that I've been waiting to do for a month. Did you finish um, it already? No. It's kind oh. of hard. I'm doing it on the floor of my closet. Um, mm-hmm. Why don't you do it in that room? Uh, where? Like, on the floor? You have like, a closet that big. has enough space, like, you just, what, the floor of my closet is shoes. I have, I, I have an entire, I have two closets just for me. Like, I'm there's four up. closets in the master. This is two, bo- Like, this it's is so assault. bad. This is Jay. This is how so your tan bad. makes us feel. No, mm-hmm. my tan is not. My tan is not this two is how your closets tan makes worth of tan. It's maybe one extra closet. No, you've got a walk-in closet tan. Okay. I have so much space in my walk-in closet, my personal walk-in closet, that I have hung up every T-shirt I own. I don't that's, because I didn't just, like. This is excessive. you're not. But that's and not. Then I have a that's whole not sustainable. Collet. Are you going to keep hanging up your T-shirts? Well, I, all of my clothes fit in like. All of my clothes from my apartment, I hung up on like the two sides of the walk-in and the whole front hanger was empty. I like, I was like, I don't, I have too much space. And I have, I have a whole second closet myself. that has nothing in it. Every time I right move now. somewhere new or I'm like, okay, I'm going to organize my drawers. I spend so much time trying to figure out the most efficient way to organize my clothes in drawers slash closet. Because mm-hmm. I have a guest room with a closet that nobody's using that I'm like, oh, if I want to keep, at one point I was like, I'm going to hang up all the clothes I own, including my jeans. And then I was like, this is fucking stupid. I'm, I'm never going to do this. But now I have enough hangers to do it because I bought all the hangers. So I've got all these extra hangers. And then I'm like, my t-shirts, I'll do the Marie Kondo, the way you fold them in a different way. And then they t- face up because your graphic t-shirts, if you fold them and stack them, they all look the same. But then, then it, I just, I have yet to find a functional way to like organize my clothes. My favorite mm. is, like hang all shirts, dresses, sweaters, anything top. Yeah, but sweaters hang. will get all all stretched out if you hang them. Uh, I mean, I use those like the like velvet or whatever hangers. Me too, but if you hang, they say you shouldn't hang your sweaters. Uh, well, I don't care. Okay. Cool. Uh, and then I have like shorts and pants and like underwear and socks like in the drawers. I have my pants stacked on like shelves in my closet, so when I look at it, I can. It's like a, it's like a display at a, um, at like a store where you just see all the ends of the jeans. Mm. 
I can't, I cannot tell okay. my jeans apart. I need to like rifle through and be like, do these fit? Nope. Do these fit? No. Yeah. I have I'll keep them just in case. Black jeans that I'm like, well, these <laughs> ones fit when I'm feeling skinny and these ones fit when I'm feeling fat. Uh, I definitely don't mm. need both pairs, but I do keep them. That's I'm a hoarder. Cool. I'm a clothes hoarder. Guys, I have so, yeah, uh, a development. Like getting rid of Speaking them. of something that we were talking about 10 minutes You got ago. a new apartment? No. I you got, got a, a job. I, oh. I got a puzzle. Oh, oh God. We both just made, we ruined that. We did. Yeah. We so did that as we're like, you got a job? You got an apartment? No, guys, I got on. Sorry, am I, am I talking to myself? I got into a puzzle. Am I talking to my mother right now? Because that's what uh, it sounds like. You got a girlfriend? Uh, <laughs> Jay, got a, Jay, tell me about the puzzle. I'm very excited got, for you. I got a gradient puzzle, but it's is that what you're doing, Ash? Terrifying yeah. to start. I haven't started it. I didn't realize that um, A, it would be so big, and B, I don't know what to do when I'm finished with it. There are only two surfaces. I mean, these are what she said. These are what she said. I I know Ashley was thinking the same thing. I didn't know it would be so big, and I don't know what to do when I'm finished with it. There are only two surfaces. There are only two surfaces in my apartment. One is the table, and one is the coffee table, and both of which are very much used by me for things. I mean, Ashley, now he's just rubbing in your face that he's got tables, but... And so... I haven't started it because I don't know what I'll do once I start doing it. Because so it's going to take me 100 years and B, then once it's done, do I just like... How many pieces it? is it? A thousand. Oh, it's nice. not going to take so you 100 years. You think yeah, it's going it'll to, It'll go faster than you think. Um, all you need is just like one day of uh, just needing to avoid thinking about other stuff and you'll get that bad boy finished. Um, okay. What is What is it going to look like when it's done? It's really pretty. It's like like a blue, pink green gradient that's kind of like so it's something that you would want to like hang up as art i think you could keep it as like a cool weird art piece yeah because if you wanted to you could just buy a frame that is big enough for it and then do the puzzle in the frame Mm -hmm. so that when you're done you pop the back on it and then you can hang it up oh that's smart and that way too you could like pick it up off the table and move it somewhere else yeah as i learned with when ashley and i were doing that puzzle uh in the office because we both (laughs) just really needed a puzzle and then we were doing it on somebody's desk and then it was the end of the night and we weren't even close to finish, but we had big chunks of it done and I tried to like move it some and I just lost all of it. So She taped it together. I try, and then Ashley's like, you're going <laughs> to ruin the puzzle. I'm like, what else did I have to do? I was alone. You I did a great job. Um, but yeah, if you do the puzzle in a frame, it's going to delay you being able That's to start smart. the puzzle soon, but it will give you an option when I'm you're like done. I'm like pretty overwhelmed finished... by the puzzle, so it's okay if it delays me doing yeah, it. Yeah, I start, I was dying to start my Fenway one when it finally came, and then I did it on the floor, and then I'm like, you have a dog, idiot. You can't just like leave this here. And mm-hmm. so then when it was done, I just had to break it apart and put it away, and it was mm-hmm. like very upsetting. But... Now someday I can do it again if I want to. I don't want to. The fan parts took a very long time. <laughs> very frustrating. Um, I feel like there was more for us to talk about. Just in our personal lives? Oh, yeah. I, I only talked about my dog. Um, I have started, I told you this yesterday, actually, but it's been great for me. I've started playing Call of Duty online with my brother and his friends. So now at nighttime, I have like a group of people that I hang out with and I'm getting better. I'm not, I'm still not very good, but I'm getting better and, um, and it's really fun. And if you told 12 year old me that one day my brother would let me play video games with him, uh, you'd blow my mind because my whole childhood was me being like, let me play Plays of Steel and Kevin being like, you get next game. And then he would be done playing and leave. And I'd be like, well, I didn't want to play without you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was trash. I just never practiced. So then I would just, uh, I just accepted it and was like, I'll just watch you play. 
uh, which is why now I can't watch people play video games because I'm like, I put in my time. I don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been getting super into Call of Duty, like a, aggressively into Call of Duty. Aggressively? Of, well, you know, you can't really get into it any other way. I've been playing a lot of multiplayer, which is just fucking, you just die a lot, but also you kill a lot. And uh, came in first a couple times, but not mm. not in Warzone. I've only oh. I, I came in fourth. Fourth is my best in Warzone. But I killed seven people in that match. I mean, it's hit or miss. It's a it's a whole thing. But great thing for my mental health is I turn everybody else's microphone off in multiplayer because the first time I played, I heard a bunch of people just yelling about how bad other people are, including myself, but not just Ooh. me. And then I was just like, you know what? If I just mute this, I don't have to know. Oh, that's smart. Right. That's yeah. like not reading comments. I was going to say, it's the closest <laughs> I come to not reading. Co- Everyone's like, you can't check your replies. And I'm like, that's not how my brain works. But with this, I'm like, it actually is better to just mute everybody. Huh. Especially because there's, I mean, just a, a lot of racial slurs being thrown out by people that I'm fairly certain shouldn't be using them. Um, and so that's. Uh, so everyone. Just, yeah. yeah. Well, yes. But, you know, <laughs> you know what I meant. So it's just a lot of, uh, it's good for my mental health. And so now I just um, kill people in games with various guns. Great. That's exciting. Thanks, guys. There's, there's a hot market out there for your video game content. I think you should consider. Yeah, again, I, do, I don't know. Because here's the thing. I, I'm okay with being trash. Um, it's actually worse for me now that I play a lot. That I'm like, all right, when I didn't play a lot, being trash was acceptable. Now I should be getting better. But I think I've recognized my ceiling. I know where it is. Um, I know I can't get much better than that. So I'm, you know, the, I can't mute people if I go on the internet. Oh, that's a good like point. Like the comments will be there and I'll read those. So, um, mm. but so we just did keep post this that, for you. Yeah. We posted that clip of me and Jerry Judy playing. Um, it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Because he didn't know how to play. But men just, that's the thing, other thing I'm trying to learn through this game is like A, quick decision making because you need to like assess the situation and make a call really quickly, which you know, Ashley, I'm very bad at. Um, And then the other thing is uh, having male confidence. Mm. Because like you never hear a dude in that game be like, oh, I'm so bad. Oh no, I'm dying. They're just like, I'm gonna kill everybody. And then even if they're garbage, that was still their attitude. So I'm just trying to get this attitude of like, yeah, I'm going to go kill people instead of like, I'm sorry I'm in your game. Um, so that's, that's where I, we're at. That's what I need for approaching this puzzle is that kind of energy. Just being like, yeah, I'm going to do this puzzle. As opposed yeah, but to like, no, you're only playing against puzzle. yourself. Don't be scared. You got this, Jay. You're brilliant. You're brilliant. And you're not colorblind. So I think you got this. <laughs> yeah, the second part is really the helpful one for the puzzle yeah. making. I got questions because I, uh, my boy, you know, my boyfriend, my boyfriend made a CVS run the other day and I told him to get makeup wipes while he was there. And I was like, it's a Neutrogena, it's a blue package. And he brought me back. Anyone who's ever had a girlfriend knows that package very He brought me back this. That's purple. That's purple. And I was like, um, I'm trying, another thing I'm trying is to not nitpick because I do that a lot and I always have a note on everything and I imagine that's writing me. That's very annoying. I know. Shut up. And so um, I'm working on it. So I haven't said anything to him about it. But I thought, and I'm like, I bet he thinks that's blue. <laughs> do you think he thinks it blue? it's blue? Or do you think he wasn't paying super close attention? Or do you think that when you said it's a blue package, he thought maybe you thought wrong in it, that it was actually the purple package? No, that last, one would be, it to you. that last one would, <laughs> would be grounds for a breakup. If he was like, I know better than you know. And it's definitely this one that you wanted. I'd be like, you should... 
head out. Um, <laughs> no, but see, this is, so this is, maybe you can give me advice and then we'll move on to our podcast. We have a very exciting podcast today. What is the, what should I, how should I respond to that if I'm trying not to be a person who's like, this isn't blue, like, what I was thinking of saying is like, oh, were they out of the blue ones? But I didn't want him to hear that and be like, you fucked up. Because some, he, this is why this is uh, an issue for the two of us. He tends to hear even compliments as criticism. Mm-hmm. Like with, on the internet, someone will, he'll be like, somebody on the internet said this to me today. And then I'll find the tweet and I'm like, this person was complimenting you. How did you read that negatively? But he just does. And so, and I'm, I tend to be like give too many notes so like i don't know how to what how do you say i know jay shut up it's a running joke we get it i give too many notes but i don't want to make him feel like i was like because who really gives a shit i'll use these that's totally fine my curiosity wants to know why he got these ones so is there do you just let it go is there a proper way to phrase it um i would say like i think you just have to come into it and be like first of all Love these. Great job. Thank this you. This is great. Yeah. Thank it's you so much. the same way you approach like when somebody turns in a video and you're like, this isn't quite exactly what I wanted it to be, but it's the right idea and you've got the right spirit and I don't want to like kill your excitement about doing this project. Well, he's not excited about the makeup lives. He's just doing the, I, if just, I were, I'd I'm be I'm painting like, you a picture right? here. Okay. Um, and so I feel like at that point you need to be like, this is totally good, but... The, these are what the blue ones are, and then you can show him a photo of it. No, but my goal isn't to work. isn't to have him get the right ones next time. My goal is I'm curious. Do you think this is blue, or did you? It, which of the three options you guys laid out is it that led to the? It's just that my rampant curiosity. It's yeah, not my need it's to tough fix for me it because I don't know. I don't know exactly what to say why. because I'm the sort of person where if there was a question for like, oh, I'm not sure if it's this one or this one, which is super. You'd call or text. To happen, I would send a photo and be like, is this mm-hmm. the one? Um, and then they would be like, no, it's I think blue. what I'm realizing is and just like, like, who oh, gives a shit? Yeah. Sure. God, I need to know. <laughs> right? I'm just, it's like this curiosity. <laughs> I've noticed <laughs> I it's, with, it's with everything I give notes to is just because I just want to know. It's just like, we specifically said this thing and you I think did when this you're thing. In a safe now space, I just want to know ask and be like, hey, no, is this blue not. to you? So I, is, I, I already can tell on Reddit people are going to be like, let the, the makeup wipes go. I don't, we're not, we didn't fight over them. This is a complete thing that's in my head <laughs> that I'm like, what do I do with this? Help. So in my brain, I'm like, you go to him and you're like, hey, you're not going to believe this. Like, I use these purple wipes and I think I like them even more than the blue ones. <laughs> like, I'm manufacturing oh, these that's ways smart. to get into the like, conversation. Not- no, he'll just go, did I not get you the right wipes? I thought you said purple. Well, well then you'll know. Well, well, then you'll know. Yeah. And But if he's like, did I not get the right ones? Or if he's like, like this well, is blue, the blue, then you're like. purple ones are great. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I, should just, I think I should throw the makeup wipes away and start over. Yeah. I don't I think, know. I, this is stressing tell me him, out. Yeah, that's what you should do. You should be like, I'm out of makeup wipes again. Again. I had a, a big makeup day on Tuesday and I had to take all of it yeah. off. And so could you go grab me more in this 90 degree yeah. heat? And just make sure you grab the blue ones and then see if he brings you the purple ones again. If he does that, it then we been, need to examine. It, it, then we have an issue. <laughs> it has been illuminating for me to realize that the root of a lot of my notes and like stuff that gets perceived as criticism, which is something I need to work on, is my is just I'm curious. I'm just like why would you do it this way when we discussed it and we were said we were going to do it this way? And a lot of times the answer is just like, yeah, I forgot. And I'm like, okay, that's a, that's fine. Not mad. But I just, you know, thank you. That was a helpful 
I'm not going to do anything about okay. it, but it's good to know. For people who always have notes on how many notes I give. What if uh, what if I, I send Dan a text of something that's blue? No! That's blue. Wait, you have wait, Dan's wait, number? What if I send Dan a text? text wait, of, wait, I, you have no, Dan's no, number? No, I don't have Dan's number, but I, it would, I was it about would be to hilarious be so if I did, because it would make you so upset. I've been uh, lobbying for his number. <laughs> She's like, hey, here's the thing. Number. I'm gonna just text Dan. She's like, slowly. Okay, dropping I'm wearing, a, I'm wearing a, a blue hat, right? It's blue. If I send him, and we just say like, how? Does I j- a, well, that's. I mean, no. it looks. It's. it's I send him Zoom. a text I can't of tell. this hat of like this hat and be like, hey, isn't this blue hat super? Or isn't this purple hat super cool? And then he'll be like, he wouldn't correct you. He's very kind. And also, I have to send him something purple. I would just, I'll just show him a pic, I'll just show him a picture find of it. Something like, purple you and ask, find something that's purple and ask, find something that's purple and be like, what yeah. color is this? But can you grab this purple pillow? Let's see if he calls it blue. I mean, I don't know. I'll let you guys, I'll give you an update on whether or not he's colorblind. Great. Um, I don't that's think he I is. And I also don't think he's going to enjoy this very much, but luckily he does not listen to this podcast. Um, <laughs> shall we move on to the actual podcast? Yes. Please. Do we have any official Potter show business before we do that? Yes. Uh, yes. Our, the less fun one first, we're still trying to figure out our uh, ad randomization. At least we gave the disclaimer last time. So yeah. if it were, if it, if it was out of order. I think it the other thing that's fun, a fun game that you, you listeners at home can play with this is that for some people, the ads are actually in order because they're randomized. Ooh. And so there are four ads. Oh, so you get a, you're a special person if you're, if, so your if you hit ads are yeah, in order. If your ads are in order, then you won like you a special lottery prize. Let us know in the Reddit and you get a, you get a prize. Yeah. So anytime an ad is out of order, drink. But if all four Ooh. ads are in the right order, chug your whole drink. Yeah, I'm Whoa. in. I'm in. Great. Great. Um, what was the good news? Because you said that was the bad news. Uh, this Saturday night. We are having another DJ Magic the Gathering, the Gathering. Woo woo! Is does this happen yeah. to coincide with any um, like special dates? Um, it's not exactly co- coinciding, but it is relatively close to my birthday. So when's your birthday, oh. Jay? Uh, my birthday's next Wednesday. Um, so this will be like a little early birthday surprise. That, it is um, all of the charity. It's not a surprise. No surprise. You're saying early it already. birthday <laughs> fun celebration, celebration time. Um, yeah. And uh, we're doing it for charity again. This time, all the donations should be to uh, any Black Lives Matter organization. And you can send those proofs of donation to DJ Magic the Gathering at gmail.com. <laughs> and, DJ Magic and, the Gathering. And uh, get you that Zoom link. We had a lot of fun last time. I'm hoping we can beat the turnout. Last time we had like 130, so 600 people. Let's Jesus, let's Jay. Go. Wow, turn up. Set okay, hi. All right, turn up. Um, one last piece of uh, pod business, official pod business. Last week we did the Mightiest Duck, where we each presented very messily our case on the best uh, Mighty Duck film. We said that you should, uh, we put it to a poll based on the arguments made here in the podcast. And, um, you know, you could say some people's arguments are stronger than others. Sure. Um, in total, we got 256 votes. Uh, 12 of them went to D3. That seems low. <laughs> 12, 12 total. It's not like 1,200, 12 votes. Um, 98 voted for D2, a valiant effort. 98 people got behind it. But the winner, with a resounding 146 people, 
was the Mighty Ducks. Which, which, who did what movie again? See, how many? The thing is, how that many the burner Reddit accounts yeah. did you make? I don't. I didn't even know. I just went to the Reddit to see if this poll even existed, and I couldn't find it. And then I saw a link in the link that said "click here to vote." Yep. I just am looking at this for the first time because had it been uh, different, I probably would have forgotten, quote unquote, to share. I feel it. like yeah. but, that's not exactly a fair way to measure who did a better why job is that? because some of us had well, how better. Would you like to- some of us had the original of a set of a mm. trilogy compared to the third one that no one, not even the people who were in the original, wanted to make. The original you ranked originally last. You said it goes two, three, one. That was the order you came into this with. So you hated the best one that you're now saying is unquestionably the best. Well. The smile says it all. He knows that he's wrong. It's an audio medium. Um, It is. And that's why I let everybody know with my mouth that you're smiling. I think you did a great job. Your argument was persuasive. Thanks, Jay. It was. Um, you also got twelve people well, on your side. Well argued, and more than anything, um, it's your podcast, and people are more inclined to vote for you than other people. That, oh, <laughs> don't don't do that, don't guys. You do. You've got, if anything, you've got that sympathy vote because right now the official picture of the sports <laughs> question mark Reddit is your face. That's true. Twelve I, votes. Um, yeah. Well, next let's time, let's also say let's go. <laughs> you forgot to tell us. You omitted the fact. That Ryan Gosling was in D3. Where? He didn't know. What did he was a, he I do? don't know, Ashley, where he was are the you? announcer in this. He, he was, was the, the announcer. That was Ryan Gosling? The student announcer. It was Ryan Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, you say his name like he's a baby duck. Oh my God. <laughs> you say Gosling. Now that you say it, yeah. I see it exactly, but I had no idea that was baby Ryan Gosling. Yeah, dude. Pretty crazy. That's insane. Does that change? You could have think of all the arguments you could have. Yeah, I could have talked about Ryan Gosling for like an hour. Just completely irrelevant. You could have had a take where that was the film where Ryan Gosling started to become sexy. Wow, we could have brought a take within a take. At that time, he was like eleven, so I feel like that would have been inappropriate. But um. well, you didn't have to bring it up. (laughs) You're probably right. Um, So that's all the official pod and or show business today on the podcast. Because of what well, would wait a second, but and also your <sighs> your drum rolls don't work. I don't think on the mic. But we'll try. Okay, they've, sorry. They've also because, gotten worse. I'm like out of practice. No, you're doing great. Because of the success of last week's podcast, in which the three of us just kind of recap a movie while also shitting on it and discussing it, we realized that was the meat of it, and that was the fun part. The debate really didn't work out. So what we did this week, if you know this podcast and you've ever listened to it, you know that Ashley has been begging me to A, watch Mulan, and B, watch The Little Giants. And so I watched Mulan with her, but I had yet to see The Little Giants. So this week, Ashley was like, what can we do as the podcast so that you have to watch Little Giants? And I said, is there a movie similar to that, like a sports movie we loved as kids that you haven't seen? And she was like, you know what? I don't think I've seen Space Jam in its entirety. So I was like, what? So then we were like, we'll do sports movies that are from our childhood that we've never seen. Jay, what about you? And he was like, I've seen all, literally every movie. Um, (laughs) I did say I hadn't seen The Big Green. And I was like, you know what? No one goes, you know what? It's the Space Jam, the <laughs> Giants, and the Big Green. Like, it might have been a great film. I, if I saw it, don't remember it at all. So the obvious missing third piece there, if it comes to, you know, we've got a football, a basketball. We did the hockey last week. We needed a baseball movie, and the obvious one is Sandlot. So Jay rewatched Sandlot for the first time since... Probably at least 15 years. 
Yeah, so that wow. counts. We're just going to, that'll count. So um, I watched Little Giants, Ashley watched Space Jam, Jay watched Sandlot, and we are going to recap and discuss each film. Um, that's today's podcast. I don't know what that theme is called. The Littlest Giant. Um, <laughs> but because Ashley is the most excited to hear what I thought about Little Giants, I'm going to go last. <laughs> and we'll have, uh, we'll have Jacob first. Oh, is that cool? Ash, here's the other no. thing. What if I hated it? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm mentally preparing for that. I'm going to be really sad, but um, I'd like I I would like to hear wh- why. Okay. And also, I haven't watched it in a really long time, so like hearing what, you two recap years? it, Ash is like it's been I, at least I can't four remember. weeks. Yeah. yeah, I'd like jam- when did quarantine start? Like the whole quarantine, I haven't watched it. So. Wow, that's yeah. surprising. It's been a while. I know. It's funny. But, yeah, I, I'm I, curious. I watched it right before this podcast in my room and uh, Dan came in and was like talking about a part of the movie and I was like, that's actually not how it happened. He's like, I haven't seen it since I first saw it and I remember this thing. I'll get to it. But he's like, I remember this thing really specifically. And I was like, yeah, that's actually not. It's funny because the way you perceive it as a kid is so different from what it is as a, which is with all of these movies, I've always worried that if I go back and watch a movie I loved as a kid, I'm going to be like, this doesn't work anymore because my kid brain processed it totally different mm. um so we'll dig into some of that stuff too if it happened in the movies that we had um all of that is coming all of that is exciting i saw a lot of people watch the mighty ducks because of last week's podcast i wonder if we're gonna have a spike in these three unrelated a spike movies. oh Eve. um <laughs> so we're gonna get to all of that in a second mm. well that. here we are now that one ad reads out of the way uh with uh jay who's going to tell us all about the movie The Sandlot. Now, you can do this as, like, you know, last week, it's not what we did, but what we were supposed to do was just, like, recap the plot, and then we would, like, debate it all later. This should be more of, like, a we're just going to spend, until our next ad read, talking about Sandlot. So there might be, like, sorry, go ahead, and a lot of, like, stopping and discussing. So go ahead. Um, I have six pages of notes, so I am ready. Uh, So before I get started, I would just like for you guys to (laughs) tell me do you remember Benny, the star of the Sandlot's full name? Benny the, Benny Jet, the Rodriguez. Jet Rodriguez. Do you remember his middle name? No. The Jet. Good effort. His name is Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez. And this oh, is right. a story that's about right. Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez. We open on a shot. That's, just, that's very, uh, that's like foreshadowing Hamilton. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, we open on this stadium, which is, you know, wants to be Dodger Stadium, and this man in a tie and a Dodger's hat is walking towards the press box, and then this announcer comes in, this voiceover, and this voiceover is going to be here with us throughout the film, and you would think he would just be one of those, like, this was me, I'm telling you the history of my past, but he does have some takes that we will get to, and they are, um, how do I say this, not great. So, um, ooh. He's talking. I just want to say we're an hour into this podcast. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't realize. So, so he's talking and he's talking about Babe Ruth. And he's talking about the greatest moment in the history of sports when the babe called his shot. And he's like, now there was that moment that was the best thing that ever happened. And then there was another moment when Benjamin Franklin Rodriguez, Rodriguez became a neighborhood legend when he taught me how to play baseball and became my best friend. And we we're all like, huh? And he got us out of the biggest pickle—the biggest pickle that anybody has ever been in. Basically, is what this voiceover tells us. And we mm-hmm. go into the movie, and um, 
it's these kids playing Sandlot baseball and it's like the 50s and there's like the old cars and the music and we're in the uh, suburbs of Los Angeles. First thing I notice is that all of these kids are playing baseball in like button down shirts and khakis. This is a running theme in all of these movies that equipment is treated as if it's optional and that some kids have it and other kids don't have any. And you've got to think that's not how it works. It's like, it's not only that because there's a later scene with kids who have the equipment. It's like the kids who have the equipment are like the rich stuck up kids who are like too cool. And the kids who don't have any equipment or any helmets like are like the kids who we like and are like, but you still don't have to play in khakis and button-down shirts. You can still wear sweatpants well, and know that that's a better in, choice. In the first scene, they're all playing in these button-up shirts and khakis, and you're like, okay, I guess this is what it's going to be like. But in a few minutes, when I get to this moment, there's a whole thing about don't wear your button-down shirt. Anyway, Benny Ooh. the Jet is in a pickle, and he's like running, and the whole movie, the theme is like, we're in a pickle. And it's like the pickle when you're like mm. off between first and second, but also the larger pickle of um, what will be the plot of this film. So um, then uh, we're still hearing the VO and the narrator's talking about us. And I, I'm, at this point, I'm like, what is this kid's name? I can't remember this kid's name. Um, and Is the VO somebody famous? I don't remember, but I feel like it might have been. I didn't look it up. Is it like Bob Saget? No, or it's not Bob Saget. That was how I met your mother. <laughs> uh, yeah, <I> know. <laughs> so um, it goes into this room and this kid... Um, is talking about how his dad died or he's talking about how he's like, my dad died when I was a kid, but my mom remarried Bill and he like comes in and he's like, Hey dad, I mean, Bill. And then like a minute later in the film, he's like, Hey Bill, I mean dad. And you're just like, okay, you need to figure out either way. Bill slash dad is played by Dennis Leary, who is like, Oh, in this movie. And you're like, Oh yeah, I guess Dennis Leary is in this movie. Um, he really only has like four <laughs> scenes and in each of them he just plays like almost like a kind of robotic like dad character where he's just like you know he like this kid okay. really wants to have a catch with him and he's like later um, but he owns this ball that's signed by Babe Ruth and we see this ball that's signed by Babe Ruth and he's got this like man cave that's like covered in other memorabilia but we make sure that we see this ball who loves sports that much but won't have a catch with their son that doesn't add right. up um, so then the kid basically is like, and they're new in town. They just moved to uh, the valley. That's what he tells us. So now the voice server finally stops and this kid sees all these kids who are like going over to the sandlot. And so he's like, I was determined to make friends that summer. And he's got this like plastic baseball mitt that he said he got when he was five. And at this point, maybe he's, I don't know, nine years old. And um, he's wearing a button down shirt tucked into khakis. And he's got this giant hat with a, I swear to God, the bill on this hat is insane. It's probably like a foot long and it's got a a fish on it. And all I can do is like, look at how big the bill on this hat is. Like I can't focus on anything else that's going on because I'm like, where does he has a fish on like a Greg Norman situation? It's like, it's like the logo of Bass Pro Shops, (laughs) but no type, just like a fish that's diving out of water. Fish hat, big fish hat. Big old fish hat. And he's repeating to himself as he's walking up to the outfield, don't be a goofus, which I guess is oh. um, a goof and a doofus right. combined. Um, so they're playing. We my my film had like I think dipped was what they yeah. called people, there's and a, it was like so that's dipped. But there's all right. a lot of weird uh, insults. <laughs> it's kid kid, kid slang. Insults. Although like they get kind of friendly kid yeah, slang. Yeah, they get kind of cake um, eater. Yeah, 
Yeah. They get kind of graphic a little later, but for now, don't be Sick. a goofus. Um, so then Benny's like at the plate and he's hitting practice balls to everybody. And then he hits. We are going shot by shot on this recap, Jay. So he gets to this field and he doesn't know how to play baseball. And Benny hits him this ball deep into the outfield. And it's coming at him and it's coming at him and it's coming at him. And it hits him right in, uh, like hits him and he falls over. Um, and then he like finally runs and picks up the ball and he goes to throw it. And it's like one of those throws where he like like the ball like leaves his hand and just like goes straight into the ground like three feet in front of him and these kids oh my god how embarrassing were those when you did them (laughs) or like you ever like hold on to the ball for too long and it like right in front of you hits the ground and you're like oh no i want to crawl into a hole and die what a what's his name Uh, i don't i don't know know that yet i'm about to find out uh i feel like i could guess uh it you can guess probably like mikey or something stupid it is something with an E at the end, like in, not the letter E, but it's something with like a Y at the, like a, like Joe, Joey or something. Um, both of you are wrong. Uh, so. Well, okay. We, these are our first guesses. <laughs> also, I'm just going to say this now. If you're going shot by shot, which I do love, great recap. This may end up just being a Sandlot podcast and then Ashley and I will do ours next week, but we're going to just take it as it goes. I may stop you to get in an ad read if you're on a real roll, but sorry, Here's go ahead. Thing. You know, I'm like, I'm a cinema guy, so I just, it's, I speak of the course, language yeah, of so the Of course, yeah, so you got to let me know what the aperture was uh, on the, it on the depth of field. It was probably a 5.6 for this shot. Of course. Um, that's what anyway, I was uh, so we he can't throw the ball. He starts to cry. We hear the beast. Jimmy? We hear like a coming from behind this fence, but nobody says anything about it. Wait, does he cry? He cries. And he like, Jeez, all these kids please. are laughing at him and he runs away. Then we're back oh, at his house. Boy. Poor little Jimmy. We're back at his house and he's like working on a- It's like an old man name. A rector set. And his mother comes in and she says, Scotty- have you made any friends? Uh, I, said it, made I any... wasn't wrong. I said it ended in an E. You no, know, you're right. Yeah, that part was right. Um, although he doesn't go by Scotty for the rest of the film. Um, he just goes by Scott. But anyhow, she says, Scotty, have you made any friends yet? Um, and he's like, no, not yet. But, you know, I want to. She's like, I really want you to make friends this summer. And he's like, no shit, mom, I'm working <laughs> on it. And he's, yeah, I know. It's like, it felt like when you guys th- were like, excited out of the house. before I told you that it was just a puzzle that I got. And so then. Uh, As if he's just choosing not to have friends. Right. He's like, no, nah, I don't think so, mom. Um, Maybe next year. I don't want to. And wanna. he's like, no, it's because I'm an egghead because he's like playing with his erector set and like doesn't have. He's like a science kid, but he wants to be cool. And she's like, this summer, I really want you to make friends. So then he uh, goes to Bill, his dad, and is like, hey, dad, I mean, Bill, I mean, dad. And can you teach me how to throw a ball? And Bill's like, yeah, I'll teach you. And he's like, all right, cool. And then he like leaves the room. And you're like, what is going on? Why is it so hard for Dennis Leary to go outside and throw a ball with this kid right now? Well, you know, he's got comics come home, right. and then he's got to, you know. He's got to be that fire chief go. guy on that other show. And yeah, so... yeah, on Ladder <laughs> 9, Ladder 7. Um, so the next day, finally, he goes up to the de- to Dennis Leary, and he's like, are you ready to teach me? And he's like, well, I just got this work right now. <laughs> and the third time he calls him Dennis Leary, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's either Dad or it's Bill. You can't go with uh, Dennis Leary. And so then... Um, <laughs> Then the mom comes in and is basically like, why don't you do it now? And Dennis Leary is like, I really got all this work. And the mom's like, you should do it now. And Dennis Leary is like, let's do it now. So then they go out. This is also the plot of Liar Liar. <laughs> so they go out to have a catch. Uh, this kid's still got this like weird plastic glove 
Dennis Leary throws it to him. He misses it. Then he runs the ball back to Dennis Leary because he doesn't know how to throw the ball. Oh, I remember uh, that. Like a dog. And then like, Dennis Leary's like, next time throw it. Then he throws the ball back to the kid and it hits him straight in the eye. And now he's got this huge black eye around his eye. Oh, he deserves yeah. it. Yeah. So it ends there. Um, he deserves it. I mean, you ran the ball back. What were you doing on a baseball and the very field next in the first scene, place? You don't even know how to The very next test. scene, the kid is sitting there now with his glove that is somehow split apart with a huge shiner around his right eye. And mm. Benny the Jet comes. I've always wanted a black eye. You've never. Always. You've said that yeah, before. You, we did, we because I remember asking you to enunciate. Yeah. <laughs> I asked you to enunciate because the way you said it was like, excuse me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> a shiner. I've always wanted nice. a shiner. Nice. Okay. okay. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Um. So the very next scene, he's sitting on the front porch and he's all mopey and he's got this huge, um, shiner. And uh, Benny the Jet comes walking by. He's like, "Hey, we need a ninth person. Why don't you come play baseball with us?" And the kid's like, "Because I don't know how to play baseball." Should and be the your kid's response. Like, I can't, because I'm unaware of how to. I throw. can't. My glove is broken because That's it's not broken why. in half. And then Benny's like, "Oh, I have another one." Reaches into his back pocket. Must have been wearing Jinkos or something because he pulls a full baseball glove out of his back pocket, hands it to him. He goes, all right, let's Mm. go. And the kid's like, okay. So then they go play baseball. Just, again, male confidence. Whereas if you said that to Ashley or I, we'd be like, I'd love to for the companionship. I'm actually not very – it's like when people ask me to play golf. And I'm like, I'll bring the beers, but I am so bad at golf. And they're like, come on, play anyway. And then I'd take one swing, and they're like, you should just sit in the cart. (laughs) (laughs) It's like there's this – like why does this kid not have this moment where he's like, I genuinely don't know how to play baseball. If you could have seen back there, I ran the ball to Dennis. (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. So – they get to the parking lot and all these kids are talking about the great Bambino, the Sultan of Swat, the Colossus of Cloud, the Colossus of Cloud. And there's these two kids that like one of them always repeats the other one because they're twins, but they don't look anything alike. And um, so then uh, they, uh, Benny the Jet introduces all of these kids. And after each one of them says their name, they all take a turn spitting onto the ground. So he's like, I'm Squints. And then he spits. And then he's like, I'm Ham. And then Squints. he spits. And there's several other kids. Um, I love this scene in these movies because it's very helpful to the viewer to be like, ah, okay, the nerdy one is named Squints. And then you like, they always introduce themselves. They did that in Little Giants. They did that in Mighty Ducks. There's just this moment where they all go and say their name and you're like, thank yes. you. Buddy. In this one, the director was like, Isn't should all- Ham the guy in Big Green? Yes. Isn't that the goalie in Big yes. Green? Okay, keep Not going. that I've seen it. Um, and so then uh, basically they go play. His name is Scott Smalls. Um, that's when we learn it. Oh, yeah. Smalls. Smalls. Oh, God. Uh, oh, I hate and, myself. What is wrong with both myself. of us? And uh, I didn't, rem- oh, I didn't remember either. Killing, we're killing ourselves. Smalls. <laughs> uh, and shit. so then, um, basically. I literally got Austin a shirt that I'm says you're killing I'm going to be upset about this for the rest of the day. Too. Because somewhere, whoever's listening to this podcast is yelling, Smalls. <laughs> it's fucking Smalls. Uh I feel so dumb. I want to quit. Uh, so they get to the field at this point because that before they were in the parking lot. And before he's even played yet, all these kids are calling him a loser. Um, Smalls or Squints specifically calls him an L7 loser, which I, was a thinker for me. But I realized that an L7 loser means that he's a square. That's what L7. Whoa. Did you L7 figure that out yourself? Loser. I did. Yeah, that was my own brain. 
Um, I still would never have got. Did they do this he, with their yeah, hands? Yeah, he's like an L7 loser. And I was like, oh, it's oh, a, square. a square. I get it. Or L7 weenie. Not L7 that L7 weenie, excuse me. L7 weenie. Um, there's a lot. I mean, that's average. At this point, um, <laughs> that is above average. Uh, there's a lot of punching oh, into the baseball wall. <laughs> We're telling on ourselves. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, There's a a lot of punching into the baseball gloves at this point. And I think that's important to note because there's a lot of doing that and it doesn't make any sense. So it's a brand new glove. You got to break it in. It's not because it's Benny's old glove. So then Benny hits uh, one into the outfield and wait, wait, wait. Sorry. You don't think that Benny maybe is just a glove salesman that has other gloves in his pocket that are um, new? It's a, it's a narrative we must consider. Well, he didn't charge any money for it. So if he's a glove salesman, he's not a very good one. No, good. that's like drug deal 101, oh, dude. You give him the for, first one for free. for free, get him hooked, yeah. teach him that punching it is helpful, and then when he destroys it, right. where is he going to go for his next glove? Not Dennis Leary. Right. Yeah, I can't. Um, I can't. So Benny hits him a ball. It goes over his head. He falls on his ass. Um, then his giant hat with the fish on it falls off. Um, he has to pick up his oh, giant no. hat, put his giant hat on. We hear the beast again. Still nobody addresses it. Then he runs the ball in and hands it to the second Sorry, person. so I feel like you're assuming people have seen the film. When he you hears say we hear the beast. Oh, look, I've accepted at this point that we are doing Sandlot, this podcast, so we don't have to speed. <laughs> Let's all make sure we get to discuss the film. Slow it down, if you will. And when you say we hear the beast, what do well, you mean? So we, we see this big, like, hodgepodge fence. And there's, like, some wire, some wood... And behind it, we just hear like a loud growling sound. Um, we've seen it once mm. before and heard it once before when he was in the outfield the first Scary. time and ran away. Now we're hearing it again. So he picks up his mm. giant hat, he picks up the ball, and he runs it into the second baseman and hands it to him because, again, we've established that he doesn't know how to throw. And It's not good. He should play football. Yeah. Uh, and so then Benny takes a look at the situation. And the thing about Benny, Benjamin Franklin, um, the Jet Rodriguez, if you will... Uh, he really is nothing but a good, a a good guy so far. What's up, Ashley? Sorry, Jay, just one second. He's what now, Ashley? I I said he was a dreamboat. Did you not have a crush on Benny the Jet? Honestly, Um, be honest. No, I don't think I did. See, we've had this discussion before. I always went for like the minor characters because I knew that like my pretty friends would get... Yeah, I probably (laughs) had a crush on uh, Squints or Smalls or, you know... Genuinely, probably <laughs> Smalls. Because uh, Benny the Jet Rodriguez was like the Devin Sawa of this movie. He was unattainable for me. Was not a guy I was allowed to have a crush on. Mm. If it had Apollo Anton Ono in it, girl was there. <laughs> I was there, ready to go. If Mud was in it, like in the film Camp Nowhere, uh, oh my that God. was my guy. But I left, uh, what's his face, three names in that movie, the hot one, alone. Because he wasn't right. Um Sorry, Jim. Oh, go that's ahead. okay. So... Benny runs out to the outfield, and he has a little what are his one-on-one talk with Smalls. And Benny says, you think too much. This is baseball. Stop thinking and have fun. Then he proceeds to teach him how to throw. Andrew Keegan. It's just one name. Sorry, oh, go yeah, ahead. Andrew Keegan. Uh, he proceeds to... I thought you were talking about Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I was like, how do you not know those three names? No, but Mud is Jonathan Jackson. Who then oh, went on yeah. to be in Nashville. I know. When I figured I that out recently, I, I texted you. I lost exploded. my mind. Crazy. Sorry, Jay. Go ahead. <laughs> so then in one fell swoop, Benny proceeds to teach Smalls how to throw a ball. 
He just says, all you got to do is let go of it when your hand gets to here after talking about a paper route. Crazy. And That's crazy. Then he says, well, how do I catch? And he goes, just stick your glove in the air and I'll take care of the rest. Yes. That question, is throwing and catching a complicated concept? Because the fact that he's running the ball back doesn't mean just that he doesn't know how to throw. It means that he doesn't understand the concept of throwing, which if he had a paper route, yeah. He throws things. When you're a child, you throw stuff a lot. Yeah. This kid did not know how to throw a baseball. And All right. Benny just explained it. He said release it when it gets to the end of your arm basically. Wild. And I mean a brilliant a And then brilliant when he asked teacher. how to catch, Benny said just hold your glove in the air. Use your hand he said, and, and close it Hold your glove the in the air and I'll take care of the rest. So then Benny runs back into the to the plate. All the kids are like, this kid sucks. There's no way this is going to happen. Benny spits on the ball because, again, in this movie, nothing happens unless you spit. And then he looks at the ball. He hits it. Put that on a T-shirt. Smalls sticks his glove <laughs> in the air, is closing his eyes, is saying, please, 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 please catch it. Please catch it. And Benny somehow, from the plate, hits the ball directly into Smalls' glove. Smalls closes it, and then suddenly everyone in the, around the diamond is like, oh, he must be pretty good, even though he was literally closing I his eyes seven seconds around ago. Around the diamond. And then Smalls goes to throw it and then just throws a perfect ball from the outfield to second base. Well, and all of a sudden... Look at that. And then the movie ends? And all of a sudden he knows how to play baseball. Some kid goes, all okay, let's solved. play some ball. And now all the problems are solved. Everyone is cool. Again... Another recurring theme in these films. Look how bad these kids are. Boy, these kids don't know what they're doing. One moment, and then the kids. They're so good at the sport. Yeah. Or the tunes. Tunes or as the well. tunes. What a squad they have. <laughs> so they're walking home, and all the kids are like, hey, really good job out there today. Like, great work, even though we were all calling you an L7 weenies 25 seconds ago. And seconds ago. And then He's like, hey, Benny, don't forget your glove. And Benny's like, you can keep it. Because, again, he gives him the first one for free. And um, and then huh. Benny runs back to him. He's like, hey, one more thing. Don't wear that button-up shirt. And do you have any jeans you could wear? Jeans? <laughs> because in this movie, every player in the Sandlot wears jeans when they play baseball. You know, I do think when jeans first started, when they debuted, they were the, like, casual pant. In the sense of like um, they weren't a, a dress pant because those were what pants were. Mm. I don't think there was even a concept of wearing like a pajama pant or a sweat pant outside. I don't think that was a well. Yeah, thing. I don't think like mesh shorts no, were a thing. In yeah, the 50s. I think jeans were seen yes. as like wear them out for but, all your but yard. But later, work. when they meet these kids who have uniforms, they have athletic pants. Yeah, so, yeah, and I but guess... But you don't necessarily just own them. Maybe jeans were, like, representative of, like, working class yeah, def- children. Definitely. <laughs> These children they were, were real working class. They were blue-collar kids. So Benny's yeah, like, and, and hey, also I got an extra hat. Pulls in a hat out of his other back pocket. So Benny's just walking around with literal wow. deep pockets. And oh, um, gives him his extra hat. So the fish hat is gone for now. Um, he give it to him before when he gave him the gloves. He, he, he had to earn now? the hat, I guess, by catching the ball when he closed his eyes. So th- That's what I'm saying. He's establishing this relationship where he needs, he counts on him. So then things. we cut to this one shot, which I, I have to remark on because I couldn't believe that it was in Let's. the movie. There's no dialogue. It's like an insert shot. And he's just writing a list that says, 
baseball stuff to remember. And the only thing on their list is the great Bambino question mark. And I'm like, you sat down, you filmed this. Okay. So then um, we go back to the diamond, hams up. He's hitting a home run. This is where we learn that there's something beyond that fence. So Ham hits it. Well, we knew. Would you say that he's going Ham? Ashley. I'm just curious. Say you're sorry and tell him to go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. So so Ham hits the ball over the fence, and we learn that Ham's kind of a little bit of a trash talker. And he's a real Ham. And uh, sorry, go ahead. Smalls (laughs) is like, oh, no worries. I'll go get it. And he, like, goes to jump the fence. As if he has not heard this loud growling that we have now heard yeah. three times. And yeah. everyone then sprints to try to save him because he doesn't know what's on the other side of that fence yet. So you're saying that Squint sprints? sprints. <laughs> I was going to say it too. Sprints along with the others to save Smalls. Right. And they then he hears the growling and he's like, what was that thing? Now, another thing that happens throughout this film, all of them at once... Say the same thing. This happens thrice. They all shout. Mm, it's like a musical. Camp out. So then. Um, what? They all shout the words camp out. Meaning That what? they're going to have a camp out. Um, Wait. So like somebody tell asked. this story. Somebody asked what was. Out. What was that sound? What was Smalls that was like, thing? What was that thing? And they, and they said, all respond at the same time. Camp out. Camp out. That's not. It's like an initiation thing. Like, we're going to bring him in on this urban legend. But they had to wait till he asked what the thing was to then all yell in unison, camp out. He just earned his hat, and they, you know, if the kid doesn't understand the concepts of throw and catch, he's not going to know that when you all yell camp out, it means we're going to camp out. You should just have one person be like, this is when we. Yeah, he's like, he's like, wait, I think the logical next question is wait, there's a camp out on the other side of that fence? And then the yeah, kids would what, clarify. Is the dog named Camp the Out? Kids clarify, no, no, we're going to have a camp out at this treehouse that we have oh. at the Sandlot. Is there anything you're more jealous of in children's films than fucking treehouses? The tree? They all had these sick-ass treehouses. I remember in Now and Then, they had oh, a treehouse yeah. that I was like, I want the that. Other- and did either of you know anybody who had a treehouse? No. The no. other thing that... They'd be very complicated to build. About the treehouses is that they are huge. There are like these gigantic, yes. they could fit 20 kids in them. And a camera crew. And also just um, as, a, <laughs> as a parent, <laughs> like I don't think, Ashley, you're a, chi- you're a parent, you're a child. You like, mm. would you want to build a second residence for your kid? That's where they're <laughs> going to keep all their bad stuff. I know. I mean, if it's going to keep him out of the house for a while. Yeah, yes. but that's where, like, when he gets to a certain age, that's where he's going to take girls. You've given yeah, him a second location I, to take people sorry. to. Like, that's Have either of you ever do? been What's propositioned up? to go back to someone's treehouse? No, but if I had, I'll tell you what, I would have. <laughs> I would have gone. Whoa! <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Look, the Whoa. number one reason you weren't hooking up as a kid. Bleep all of that. But the number one reason you weren't hooking up as a kid is because the parents might walk in at any second. If you eliminate that threat by going to a lovely home lofted in a tree to a uh. child's vacation property, then you're going to probably try some stuff. To a child's beachside realty. So, um, Yeah, I'm just saying, Jay, I know you love a second home, but I don't think that ki- it's like a crazy concept to me that I, I really wanted as a kid that now I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. It's like quicksand. Okay, go ahead. So they're at the treehouse, and um, <laughs> it's the night all of a sudden. And this is when um, we get the famous line. 
So Ham is sitting there. What's up, Ash? Are you okay? <laughs> Ham is sitting at a table in front of... And, oh, wait. I'm not okay. I have a question for you. Okay, so we all okay. remember this scene. This is the scene where Ham teaches Smalls about what a s'more is. In your vision... Why do you say it like that? Because he's... He's Jay. He just put a Good. French accent. The best on it. answer possible. Go ahead, Jay. What did I say? Nothing. Go ahead. Um, your pizza's ready. <laughs> that's my elevator. Uh, in oh. your recollection, when Ham is making s'mores, what is he using to make the s'mores? Like, what fire source? Um, I would have said a fire, but I guess I'm assuming that's not correct. Ashley, what did, would you say? Why What's you... happening? I broke her. I think I broke her with that joke. Now... Which sucks because I bet they'll edit it out and now people will have no idea why she's laughing so much. It's kind of fun. It's like a fun little urban myth. Go ahead, Ash. What what fire source do you think Ham was using? Uh, uh, was it um, was it one of those lanterns? No. He's using two... No, a great remember. guess. Wax candles in candlesticks. Of course. Oh. Right. The correct way to make a traditional s'more. And s'mores. so Ham's like, do you want a s'more? And Smalls is like, how can I have s'more? I haven't had any yet. And then Ham's like, no, right. it's s'mores. He doesn't even know what a s'more is. No, you don't remember this? And so that's when he says, I famously, think this is how we all... you're killing me, Smalls. And yeah. uh, then he teaches him about a s'more. He roasts his marshmallow on two candles in a treehouse... These children are nine years old. Made of wood, yeah. Um, so are they safe. nine? They've got to be like nine, yeah. Because he says- Oh, you said it confidently and then immediately were like, I'm unsure. Well, I mean, I, I don't no, know. because he says that they're in, he's in fifth grade. So whatever, 11. Um, so yeah. then difference. all of a sudden it's the time that now we understand why we went to a camp out because Squints is going to tell us a story set to a montage of what's on the other side of the fence. So he starts to tell this story and it cuts to black and white, like old timey police footage of Jay has notes. Uh, what exactly happened. And effectively the story is there was this guard dog at this like prison and he ended up eating 173 people. And it's a lot of people. Uh, after that, he needed to get chained I mean, up. Save a lot of money. Um, and he had been doing this for the this as his job for the last twenty years. That's what the dog. Yes. And I wrote in parentheses, "How old do dogs live?" Question mark. And um, how old do dogs <laughs> live? <laughs> I was watching the movie. I was, the English is great. It. No, yeah. I get uh, it. And so um, then the policeman who happened to be Squince's grandfather says, "Like, well, you need to chain this dog up." forever and then he like repeats it and the old-timey police footage is the guy says forever in the way that squints is saying it and it doesn't it's it's not great um it's like drunk history it's like drunk history yeah they derek waters really owes them um some stay so uh and then basically the montage ends with squints saying whatever goes over that fence stays there and becomes property of the beast alongside that we also learn that the Beast's owner is like the, mean, the meanest old man in the world. The beast is here! Hey, Come here, beast. Come say hi. He just came in and said Michael Jordan is the best. That's true. Okay, are you, you. Watch, a hot are take. you watching The Last Dance, Austin? Yeah, somebody <laughs> start yelling Space at him Jam. about LeBron so that we get uh, we get promoted by right. ESPN. <laughs> um, so we know now that on the other side of the wall is this giant dog that eats kids and sure. uh, he's going to be chained there and forever. People. And regular, regular size, size people. people. Now, 
prisoners, um, bad people allegedly. I, but now you got to think maybe they were in jail for the wrong reasons, and it was well, just a, I don't you, maybe yeah, a corrupt exactly, police force. Exactly. I, I would mm. say that that's cer- certainly something we can consider. They didn't deserve to die. Absolutely not. By dog, death by dog, is a nightmare. Brutal. It's a tough it's way a, to go. 173. You said that dog. Yeah. Myrtle couldn't even finish her breakfast today, and that dog ate 173 people. Yeah. It's aspirational. I think um, the the movie's really about to take a turn here. So before that was really fun. <laughs> he's like, hey, Katie, you always tell me to because I always tell him to pop off an ear on his headphones because I'm like, I think you can't tell how loud you're being. And then I'm like, what is it? <laughs> All right, um, now let's do Space Jam. Just kidding, Jay. Go ahead and pick up with the beginning I of like the too. Maybe we just do the first. Just third start of each recapping. Film. Um, I don't think we're a third of the way through this film. So. We're outside the soda fountain, which is where they buy everything sure. from baseballs to soda. Um, and uh, <laughs> Squints is with one of the other kids. And we see Wendy Peppercorn for the first time. And he literally can't even see. He like turns to the other kid and goes, Wendy Peppercorn. And then like takes his glasses off. And like rubs his glasses, which why is the reaction when you see something that you're really interested in to remove your glasses? Because <laughs> well, he's like he's making, cleaning, he's cleaning them, them. So, he can, so, yeah. he so he can see better. Okay, he's like, let me take. Yeah, yeah dog. I, mean, I feel like You've gone your whole life not understanding that. Trope. I mean, I get the trope, but I just think it's a little counterintuitive. Anyhow, um, it's literally intuitive. Uh, so they talk about Wendy Peppercorn. But let's not dwell. She ahead, smiles please. at him. And then we cut to like a very gratuitous shot of her walking away. And um, then like Squints and the other kids arrive. Gratuitous enough that it's uncomfortable because these are children. It's a children's movie and it's literally just a shot of her butt as she walks for like well, four to five seconds. So it's a chil- but the fact that it's a children's movie actually would make it less um, problematic to me than the fact that like adults filmed it, adults made it. It's an adult made film for kids the adult had to operate the camera that zoomed in on her body. That's what I'm saying. That makes me more uncomfortable than a child's movie. It's like, well, a 13-year-old can find a 13-year-old attractive if they want to. Sure. Also, the actress who plays Wendy Pepperhorn has got to be at least 18 years old at this point in time. I'd hope so. I'd actually hope so. Um, But who's to say? It's Hollywood. So they arrive at the field. And they're late, and everybody's like, "What the heck?" And it's also a very hot day. And the uh, late for what? A game just like or they practice? They all hang out and play. They practice every day. There's Got no it. like appointments. Okay. Um, and no appointments. <laughs> and the reason that they're late, the other kid says, is that Squints was Pervin, which took me a second oh to God. like download what that meant. Um, mm. But it's too hot outside, and they don't want to play baseball that day. And Benny's all mad, and everybody else is like, and Benny's like, "Well, what if you all have to wear your mom's bra?" And like you're, and they're all like, they all raise what? their hand. Like he's like trying to call them a name. He's like, if you don't want to play, you're all sissies who wear their mom's bra or something to that effect. And all the, do you guys want to be that? What, 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 what in the Oedipus complex is that about? Why would you wear your mom's? Walk me through it. What's up? Because I'll say my movie had some great insults in it. Ones that I'd never heard before, but that were like, you know, it's like a cake eater. It's like a great uh, one that sticks with you. Um, But he said, if you guys don't play, because you felt it important enough to write it down, and now I feel like you're trying to blow past it, and I just need to know what was said. He said, I I didn't write down the specific line, but he did say, do you want to be sissies 
who all wear your mom's bra. And every single kid in the dugout raises their hand. That they do that want they to. They do want to because no, they like, don't so want to play. So it was play. like you want, yeah. So it's like you either want to. Do you want to play or do you want to be a sissy? Like well, statistically, so I think one kid like, would be like, I, I want to. I'm kind of into wearing my mom. Yeah, like, tell me more about this. Do I go in there and I wear it myself? Right. Is she is she okay with it or am I doing this clandestine? Oh, okay, well then I'm I'm out then. I'll play baseball, I guess. Um, <laughs> so they all decide that it's too hot to play baseball. Um, well, then they have to put their mom's bra on. That's how that um, works. But instead, we get we go back to the voiceover, and he tells us about how they all go to the... Oh, no, I'm sorry. So then Benny's like, well, what are we going to do if we aren't going to play baseball? Now they all shout again at the same time. This took me longer to understand what they said. What they say at this point, all of them in um, concert with one another, is pool honeys. Two pool words. Pool honeys? Pool honeys. Now that's interesting because I would have thought that honeys in the 60s wasn't a phrase used in that Mm. way. But as we will talk about when in three weeks we get to Little Giants, um, there was another phrase that I did. We'll get there. But honeys, I wouldn't have thought that they called them honeys. I didn't realize that that was what they said until later the voiceover repeats. But we weren't really there for the pool honey. Bob Saget. Gosh, Bob Saget, you. (laughs) What are you Uh, doing? He says, we all went because Wendy Peppercorn was the lifeguard, and one day it became too much for Squints. He did the most desperate thing any of us had seen. Before that, he says, we didn't go for the pool honeys, which is when I scrambled to write down, oh, he said pool honeys into my Google Doc. Pool um, scam it. pool honeys. Yeah. Sorry? Scam pool honeys. That's the line that they shot? They're yes. gonna, there's a scam at the beginning. I, this is unclear. Keep Because then we get to I'm the pool, there's like lots of gratuitous shots of women in bikinis. Um, honeys. Sure, I'm not comfortable with that terminology, but um, you are welcome to I use bet. it. And um, right. at this point, Ham walks past all of them, and he's like, you know, hey, how are you? Sexy, you're cute, blah blah. And then he does a cannonball, and water gets all over them. Um, then, which ladies love the, famously. And so then, the voiceover tells us that Wendy Peppercorn is. I love watching Ashley go down a wormhole. Go ahead, Jay. Uh, Wendy Peppercorn is the lifeguard, and it, today, of all days, Squints can no longer take it. So, Squints... Can no longer take right, it. He says, he says, Squints did the most desperate thing any of us had ever seen. And then... Squ- the kiss happens this early in the movie? I thought it was towards the yeah, end. I know, so did I. I thought it was like like the second, huh. like the culmination scene or something like that, but it happens now. Huh. Um, Okay, so Squints walks to the deep end, and then somebody says, that's the deep end, and Squints can't swim. He waves at Wendy. Wendy, like, smiles back, and then Squints jumps into the deep end of the Terrible pool. lifeguard. Terrible lifeguard. If someone's yelling out that Squints can't swim, and Squints is at the deep end, you could say maybe Wendy didn't see it. But no, he waved at Wendy. Wendy was like, what up, kid? Knowing that he can't swim. Correct. Don't let the kid go in the deep end. Say, kid. So Squints. Don't so Squints jumps in, still ho- holding his glasses in his hand, mm. jumps into the pool. He's flapping around at the bottom of the pool, can't swim. Wendy dives in to save him. All the kids run around to the other side of the pool. Not one of them jumps in to try to help their friend. Um, well, no, because they have to let her do it so that he well, they can don't, do the sexual yeah, They're scamming pool honey. Yeah, they have to they let her do the sexual If I were one of amongst them, I wouldn't have known that this was the plan at least the way that the film um, 
showed it yeah to but me. you also didn't know to yell this uh, stuff in unison That's, clearly they've discussed this kind right. of stuff maybe at the camp out um who, who's probably to say? at the maybe at the camp, camp out. Out. yeah it's oh, weird because we're delay, but that probably works. um so yeah. what proceeds is as follows Wendy pulls Squints out of the pool. I love that we keep picking movies where Jay has to describe young boys carrying out sexual <laughs> harassment and or assault. And Jay's just like takes a deep breath and is like, the following are the events depicted in a film of which I do not agree. But I must, it is my job to explain them to you as I will do here in a professional manner. So she saves him uh, and removes him <laughs> from the pool. Uh and he is laying on the edge of the pool, and she proceeds to give him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Um, at this point, we're cutting between shots of all of the kids who are like, Squints, you can make it, bud. Are you okay? And like these strange close-ups of like zoom-ins onto Squints' mouth, not when they're kissing, but afterwards. But they're happening like after each one as if something's going to happen, but nothing happens. So this happens three times. She gives him mouth-to-mouth. Nothing happens. She's pushing on his chest. And then we go to a shot of Squints where he opens his eyes, smiles at all of his friends, and then pretends to be um, not, not yeah. alive anymore, unconscious. unconscious. So he's like, it's, I think it's like he's letting his friends know that like, I'm right. actually okay, right. I'm pulling off a right. thing. I'm about I'm to scam do a pool This is the I'm moment in which he alerts <laughs> the others that he is in fact scamming pool honeys. Uh, this is him letting them know, hey guys, I'm, a, I'm aware of consent, but I'm not gonna ask. <laughs> Correct. Them. Watch this. So then... Wendy Peppercorn goes in to resuscitate him one last time. At this point, um, he starts to kiss her and then puts his hand on her head and pulls her head towards him. Um, And the music that is playing at this point is the song This Magic Moment. Um, Hmm. And Wendy screams little pervert and drags him out of the uh, pool. At this point, I write into my Google Doc, this is sexual assault. Um... That all is shocking. Woke daddy. We stand That all is shocking. Jay. What follows is perhaps more shocking. We go back to the voiceover oh and he says, Michael Squint's Paladoris walked a little taller that day and we had to tip our hat to him. What he had done was sneaky, rotten, low, dot, 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 and cool. All right. He had kissed sure. a woman and he kissed her long and good. Nice. <laughs> That's sick. <laughs> that fucks. I love that. And so then he was, I'm laughing he out of shock. It was bad and, and cool. And, uh, and then he says, every time we walked by the lifeguard, we were never like, allowed back in, but every time we walked by that lifeguard tower, she looked down at Squints and smiled. Um, I don't think that's probably what she probably did. Yeah. So, she looked down at Squints and was like, please don't um, That happened in the film. Um, again, I think we're probably like maybe 30 minutes in at this point uh, to the movie. How Wait, long is this movie? Do you have no. more? How much more no, do you I... have? How many more pages do you um, have? This is the beginning of the film. They didn't even get three the, more pages. The yeah, but the, from here, basically, things start to speed up. Um, I don't know if they do, Jay. Let's go a little bit further before. Don't make me do an ad read right after a second. Oh, I'm not assault. going. That wasn't a cue for an ad read. That was just me telling you that the okay. sexual assault occurs within the first third of the movie. Um, Got it. Which I was surprised about because I remembered the sexual assault happening later. Um, I for sure thought it happened after the So then there's this strange like cut sequence where it's the 4th of July and they're playing baseball 
and like it's the only time they ever played at night because I guess the fireworks allowed them to see at night even though they're on the in the field and it's yeah that never and it's made pitch sense black to me. and we keep cutting to like larger than Macy's parade fireworks like in the sky of them and they're like little like rinky-dink baseball diamond and all the kids are like staring up at the sky and just being like whoa that's the whole thing that's the only reason that that's there um Sick. then the next day they're on the pitch on the pitch they're on the fields <laughs> so was, you know the sand uh, they're on the yeah. sand lot if, if you time. will uh <laughs> and uh all like all of a sudden these kids on bikes with uniforms show up and you're like oh now something is gonna happen in the movie and um this kid says the kid who's like their ringleader is like you shouldn't even be able to allow to touch a baseball you aren't good enough to lick the dirt off our cleats and now we get into like an insult montage which is what we've been waiting for Mm. um Uh i wrote down that ham said you mix your weenies with your mama's toe jam um What's with the mom stuff, Ham? This, of course, culminates in the phrase, you play ball like a girl. Um, the music fades mm. out. Ooh. Where do you stand on that, um, Jay? I, what, what's your stance on that phrase? Ashley just perked up. Hmm, what is uh, your stance? What do you say? What say I you? I think that it's strange. Represent all men. Go. I think it would be strange. I think at, at this point, we know very well that like that isn't an insult necessarily. There are, mm. Um, mm. What's up? What do you mean? Why would playing baseball like uh, a girl be an insult? I'm sure there are very many girls who are very good at baseball. Um, on top sure. of that, like some somebody has a sister or a daughter that's good at baseball. Sure, yeah. Jay, do you yeah. have any friends who play any girlfriends who play baseball? Um, you grew up with them. I grew up with girls yeah. who play baseball. I yeah, know plenty had, of yeah, them. Yeah, we had girls on our little league team all the time. So you're saying that you have friends who are girls that this play is baseball? Not a fun bit. This is really it's more fun when you do it on HQ. Um, and so, uh, <laughs> what? Why did I do that on HQ? You guys did all did it to Dan. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, you're right. Uh, I did do that. So, <laughs> be sure to tune in to HQ. It's up to TGS on It's my only job. Um, that and this. Uh, so, ooh, ooh. So then everyone goes silent, and the kids, are like, what did you say? Tomorrow noon at our field. So then they're like, okay, they're gonna have this. They're gonna have this game tomorrow. It's always you would noon. Think there'd be like a little bit of it's anticipation or like build up, or they're gonna practice or something to play these kids who have, I don't know, equipment. But there's not um, equipment. There's no coach. They have a coach. And there's no. There's no build player up. coaches. We just do a cross dissolve, and all of a sudden it's the game, and. A cross dissolve. It is very actually fun to listen to Jay do this because you can tell that he's a film student. Every time he's like, then we cut to this shot of this, and then they zoom in on this, and then they just cross dissolve. Good, I'm glad you're enjoying it. It's uh, great. That's like with the D. I think yeah, it was D two that had a, a ton of wipe, a ton of wipes, later, and I was like, this is fucking ridiculous um, looking. The dissolves. It's also my main problem with Star Wars. Wars. Go ahead, Jay. Um, so. You've never even seen Star Wars. Yes, I have. I told you I saw it when I was a kid, and then I've seen bits of it that like trying to watch it okay. again. I'm just so, like, it's, I don't. Anyway, go ahead. Don't make me watch Star we're Wars. We're not gonna get to the movie. <laughs> I don't know why she would make you watch something else. Um, You're right. So That's a good point. Ha- That's Ham a good is point. playing catcher. He's heckling all the batters. Everybody's striking out. Then they take their turn batting. They all hit a million home runs. Um, they're all sliding into bases. They're all still wearing jeans. Um, except for the kids who they're playing, but they basically just trounce the other team, and it's just a little montage of them just like beating this other team. The end. That's it. They beat the other team. Um, 
That's also just a, a thing that doesn't happen in most of the other movies. It's like they spend a lot of time telling you this a ragtag bunch. And this one is more like these are underdogs because they don't have the equipment, but they have the skill and the talent. Except right, for that one kid. Hits, even he hits a triple ball. or something. <laughs> the rest of them are so, very good. Uh, the voiceover tells us mm. they were all walking on air. So we went to celebrate and we did the stupidest thing any of us had ever done. And they're at this carnival. And um, there it is. Then one of the kids busts out a bag of chewing tobacco called Big Chief because this movie should be problematic in more ways than one. Um, and so uh, then a bunch of 10 year olds are like, What's that? Oh, that's chewing tobacco, you idiot. Like, and they all take these like hunks of dip that are like the size of Lots. a baseball. And they all stick it into their mouth. And then there's this crazy montage of them on a roller coaster. And it starts with them having so much fun. And then slowly. A tilt what is that type of roller coaster called? The like, isn't, like aren't the, they on the swings the that do this? It's like the one that goes sideways. Oh, I really, I remember it as those fuck, as those swings. But no, I'm, it's I, the one that goes in totally a loop, wrong. but it like, t- the, it changes on axis. So like the people who are on bottom go up to the top and vice uh. versa. Um. I mean, that's called a 69, I think. All right. Ashley, I'm just trying to get you out. I'm just trying to get you out. We just had a sexual Um, assault scene. So this roller coaster montage is set to the song Tequila. Um, And... uh, Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. They all get very, very sick, and then they're all puking off of the side of the um, roller coaster. But, you know, this movie Ugh. was made in the 90s and also these are children. So as opposed to like seeing the one second, yes, Katie, seeing the ahead. puke come out of their mouths, we have shots okay. of them leaning over and hearing Ugh, and then just full on shots of just brown liquid falling on the ground. Go ahead. Yeah. Showers. Um, so uh, it's funny to hear you say that it wasn't realistic because I saw this movie in the theaters when it came out with I want to say it, my uncle took me. And I really want to say he brought his girlfriend at the time. I think it was me and my brother. And I, I could be misremembering that because what I do remember is at this scene, I had to leave and puke because this scene made me throw up. No I way. could not watch them puking like that. Um, and I'm not really even one of those people that's like, oh, if you puke, I'm going to puke. I think I think it, that happens naturally to a lot of people. But I think it, I don't usually make that my, my thing's needles. I can't. But like mm-hmm. I puked. And then uh, we had to figure out if we wanted to go back in or not. I also mm. puked during Titanic because it was too loud. Because it was too loud? I, something was up with me as a kid. I think I probably needed to see a doc. Yeah, Titanic, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, a, like it was three hours long or whatever. Mm. B, it was 1996 when it came out. So it was like really, uh, I was nine. And um, and it was re- just like a lot of like a loud booms and I think just intense for me. I don't know. I puked. So they're all. Anywho, back to, sorry, go ahead. Did you go back in? Yeah, I went back in because I wanted to see the rest of the movie, well, but I'm I did miss you. whatever they happened leave, right after. They the, all leave the carnival puke. and they're all covered in brown liquid and then Ham burps and is like, oh, that feels better. Mm. And uh, that's the end of that montage. I guess oh. it's don't chew tobacco, kids, is the lesson. Um, and right, No, it's right. actually don't chew Feel tobacco and to ride find on a, a bag wheel. of big you can, cheap you can and ride, stick a ball-sized amount into your mouth when you're 11. Um Oh, that was part of it too. The amount that they put into their mouth was just like I didn't obviously chew tobacco at the time as I do now, but I um, I, you skull, I just, a skull woman, you know. But I, uh, 
but just watching them shove the no, it was just like you great. knew it wasn't supposed um, to be that much so then the narrator comes back to tell us Ugh. of yet another problem that they're going to get into it's the day that he got into the biggest pickle of all time and it all started with an omen is what this guy says um benny's at bat and we're it's only slow mm. motion and he hits the ball so hard he rips the cover off of the ball so Smalls catches in the outfield. He runs in. Whoa. It's just like the twine underneath it. And uh, they're all. When he ran <laughs> in, was everybody like, no, And they're like, all yeah, standing in a circle around the cover of the ball. <laughs> and Squints goes, must be an omen. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you really are. Smart kid. You do like when a movie says, this seems <laughs> right. like foreshadowing right in the film. Uh, that's always. That's and. So then they're like, we can't play because we don't have another ball, which has been a theme in the in the thing. As soon as they run out of the one ball oh. that they have, they have to either go buy another ball or... I just got goosebumps when you said that. Because every time I watch this movie, I'm like, oh, don't do so it. So Smalls, of don't course, says... do it. You know, I got a ball. So he I runs home. Ball. And at this point, Dennis Leary is on a oh. business trip or something. And it's like, you be the, you're the man of the house now. Um, and Smalls goes into Dennis Leary's trophy room and is like, takes the Babe Ruth ball. He runs back. Um, yes. Question. Yes, so, so you wrote down before, or you said that he wrote down that think Question baseball mark. things to remember the great Bambino. At not. this point, has he figured out? He knows that the, at that, he okay. is, yeah. he said it something, he said at some then. point, like when they point. were all talking about the great Bambino early in the film, he, he just pretended to go along with it. It was like, oh yeah, I know who that is, but he has not put it. Right. That's, I'm just trying no. to remember. So it's like, he doesn't realize, even though you no, think it's on display, it's you wouldn't, um, so, oh, go ahead. um, right. So what an idiot, then, honestly. This kid Benny is like, be, well, you brought the ball, help. you're up. So Smalls bats for the first time that we've ever seen. Nobody looked at it. Nobody looked uh, at it? Smalls bats Again. and proceeds Doesn't to hit sense. a smashing home run. Um, right over the fence Again, into the beast. Doesn't make any sense. Um, and at this point, everybody's like, wow, great work, Smalls. You're so cool. And Smalls is like, I'm dead, I'm dead, I'm dead. That wasn't my ball. I stole it from my stepdad's trophy room. Um, and some lady gave it to him. And they were like, what? Who? And he's like, some lady That's named right. Baby Donkey. Ruth. And then Baby all the Ruth. kids are like, Babe Ruth? Mm. And he's like, yeah. And who? And they're all like, oh my God, you're dead. You're deader than dead. And he's like, who is she? And then they all do the same thing. The Great Bambino, the Sultan of Swat, this Colossus of Club. It actually ends with Great Bambino. But um, that's neither here nor there. So... No, so it, it ends is. With I'm glad you like, corrected the that. The Great Bambino. There, no, it's... Uh, right. He's, he's like, like, oh, my list! He pulls it out of one of Benny's pockets. Right. Benny, reach in your back pocket. Grab my list. Um, so then that all the kids off. are like, what are we going to do? And effectively, now from here on out, the whole plot of the film is like, how do we get the ball back? Um, so the first thing that they do... Hmm. Which feels like a good time before we get into the different ways they explore to get that ball back. I just want to let everybody know, as I did at the beginning, but I have to do it again here today's podcast, mm. also brought to you by Coors Light. Um, something that those kids can enjoy, but we can. Um, and so, Ashley. Can you tell us about Coors Light as if you were an omnipotent narrator? Like, narrator waxing poetic, perchance? What? Like the, the narrator guy in uh, Sandlot. You're like telling the story. 
It, but what's the With vo- little what nostalgia? The, what is the summer? Like? Still out there. We'll just Keep have going. To work <laughs> no, I'm not falling for this a second no, time. No, I ma'am. just I don't understand no, your, what uh, you're asking uh. me to do. Just do the first paragraph. <sighs> summer is still out there. We'll just have to work a little bit harder to make our summer moments happen. And Coors Light wants to be right there with you by making it easier to chill this summer. Starting with its new chill summer can featuring sunglasses that turn blue when the beer is cold and ready to drink. I, this that is was, actually I mean, I'm love Jay. Are you enjoying thing. this? I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Coors Light is brewed with a three-step cold process, cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. So it's actually made to chill. Both can you be? Can you just be more omnipotent? On new limited edition summer cans, <laughs> turn blue when chilled to perfection. Born in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado in 1978, Coors Light is refreshing, crisp, and mm. only 102 calories. That's why Coors Light is the one I choose when I need a moment of chill. I feel like yeah. you'd be more like uh, talking in the past tense because you're like yeah. looking back and you're reminiscing about it. Why don't we try it that way? Go ahead. So whenever you <laughs> wanted to reset last summer, you reached for the beer that's made to chill. You could have Coors Light delivered no. by going okay. to getcoorslight.com. Get.coorslight.com. Yes! Yes! Yes. Now you just say brought to you be me undies. <laughs> and finding local delivery options near you. We all celebrated responsibly with Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. But also you should celebrate responsibly. Don't drink too much. <laughs> Ashley, that was lovely. Now that you've done the example, I think I can give it a go. Summer is st- I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, and now Little Giants. Nope, sorry. Go ahead, Jay. It's part three of The Sandlot. We're about to figure out how we get the so, Baby Ruth ball back. Also, at the time, was there not a candy bar named Baby Ruth? I mean, this kid just seems to be very selective in what he knows about the world. Um, Hold on, let me Google so that for you. The Thank first you. thing ahead, that they Jay. do is they decide, hey, we should all go look for money so that we can buy a ball and sign it so that we can replace it in the room. That is the Why didn't they question. just do that the in the first is, place? You can all go find money to go buy a ball now. Yeah. Why didn't you do that, I don't know, 45 minutes ago? Um, but. Right. Baby Ruth came out in 1921. Who's Baby Ruth? It's oh, a so candy that bar, was but around. you couldn't get the rights yeah, to it to say in this movie, thinking. Sandlot. Um, so uh, they buy a. You think it's rights? Or that it would have defeated the purpose of the plot. So. Um, they buy a new ball, yeah. they sign Babe Ruth on it, he replaces it. But the problem still remains, he's going to know when he gets back from this business trip that the ball is not the real Babe Ruth ball. Um, then why even bother the mom, getting the, the money next to get scene that is ball? Like, Do you know who Babe Ruth is who signed that ball? Uh, and the kid's like... And you kid's could have, like, would have been great if you told me this a week ago. Like, even my mom knew who Babe Ruth was. I'm such an idiot. So... Right, how dare women? Crazy baseball. that a woman would know. Crazy. <laughs> Go be a pool, honey, so I can scam uh, you. <laughs> so and you let me put on your bra while you're at one it. One of them is like, why don't we just oh, go ask the guy who lives there for it? And they're like, he's the meanest old man in the world. That would never work. And they're looking. Let's just go look out the window. And so they look out the window and they're looking at the big dirt lot where the beast lives, and they see like bones and dirt. And then out pops the ball, and it's signed by Babe Ruth. Um, and so they start making a plan to try and get it. Um, 
And so then we have a montage of all the different ways that they try to get it. And they are all effectively the exact same way, um, but they just talk about it a different way each time. So the first one is they're crouched and they've got a big wooden pole, but nothing on the end of it. And so then they reach out to try to grab it. Um, I mean, if that's not a metaphor, reach out to try to grab it, ahead, and they get to the ball. And Squints is using. I should I should mention throughout all of this, Squints is using a Wheaties box as binoculars. Um, sure, that's correct. Squints is the one that's the lookout. The Squints guy with the glasses, like the probably because the glasses right. are so thick, he has great vision. Um, Ashley, please don't discriminate against those of us who need to wear glasses. Um, So he's got a Wheaties box as binoculars, which I don't think helps. But, you know, I've never looked through a Wheaties box, so maybe it does. Um, Mm. And uh, the big metal, the big wooden pole gets bit into by the beast and they remove it and they've only got a half left. And somehow the other half is like split into 30 different shards of wood, which is impossible. Then they try the exact same thing, but with a metal stick and a pot on the end of it. So they're gonna like put down, now they've got a tool to rake the ball in. They, they squinces again, narrating him through. Mm. He's like a little further, a little further. He's just looking through his Wheaties box. He's got great eyes on it. They get to the ball. He's like, you got it, reel it in. Yeah, I don't think that And they help. go to reel it in. The it's beast not the, it's then not a solar takes eclipse. the metal pole uh, <laughs> and pulls the entire metal pole out from them. And then somehow, over the fence flies a mangled pole. I can picture that perfectly still to this day. Because I remember that scene of being like, yeah. how did the this dog, dog do it. that? Yeah. That's, At this point, I was back point. from the bathroom. Um, so <laughs> they that doesn't work. So now they've got a new system. Now they've got Clearly. a giant vacuum. And mm. somehow have rigged three vacuums together in the treehouse. And they've got different, like... Well, they had that done already, but it was for a different... Go ahead. Catherine. But what, Ashley? <laughs> I do it because Jay laughs. He laughs really silently, but for everybody listening, I know it's an audio medium. He's dying right now. And Ashley's just um, sipping her eighth so ice So they've got a baseball, or the catcher's mask, on the edge of this vacuum, and Ham is lowering it down into the, um, into the pit. And they get it above and they fire the first vacuum and then they fire the second vacuum and then they fire the third vacuum. And now all of a sudden the ball shoots up into the, the mask and they're like, squints again. It's like, you got it. Reel it in. Oh, and so it. then they go to lift it up and the beast bites into the vacuum tube and bends it. And now all of a sudden the vacuum is feeding back from the inside of the pole. So now all of the kids are trying to like get out of the treehouse because not one of them thinks, hey, maybe we should just, I don't know, turn off these vacuums. Um, and instead, they leave the vacuums on. They all, like, go running out of the treehouse. Three of them jump out of the treehouse, even though we've established that it's, like, 15 feet off the ground. Um, and in the, trees, uh, yeah. the vacuums explode uh, inside the treehouse. Ooh. Now, in a separate plot, the kids would then be worried about what to do about the vacuum cleaners that they've just cost Ooh. their parents. If they don't have money for a baseball, Ooh. vacuum cleaners that are that very expensive. Them, but not neither the vacuums nor the explosion but it's the, concern it's them. And then one of their friends walks out all covered in vacuum dust and wipes it off his face. And I, this is like the only line that he says in the entire movie. I blame myself. We need total surprise, an airborne attack. The beast will never expect it. 
Um, then he sighs and walks away. And I'm like, thank you, child who hasn't spoken this entire movie. Um, at this point, they invent a carabiner system in which they're going to drop the kid named Yaya um, in. And he's going to grab the ball and then come out. Me too. Now, what I would remind you is that using a vacuum from above and sucking the ball out from the thing and dropping a person in from above and grabbing the ball out of the thing are exactly the same thing. You're just using different devices. But, well, okay, not perhaps not exactly, but not you could exactly argue that both are, in thing. fact, an aerial approach. Um, you could also argue that um, this movie was a precursor to Mission Impossible. Sure. Yeah. I don't I've heard people think Many that have argued that before. Accurate. Um, well, did, did you, I just hear you type so that you could Google. Are you if this was a precursor to Mission Impossible? But also, just the shock of looking anything up. It, it, I've well, never Mission heard Impossible that was noise from a television before. show before it became a movie with Ethan Hunt. Whether or not they drop in that, I think they. I think they. Yeah, but they didn't have that scene well, in the TV someone show. Someone knows. I don't think they did. Um, I've seen every episode. <laughs> yeah, see, there Katie. it is. Jay's back. <laughs> Jay's back. Yeah, someone out there will say so, something. Anyway. They're dropping Yaya in to grab the ball, and it's working great. Ham has got, like, somehow rigged the rope to, like, a foot pedal system. So he's holding them up with his hand, but there's three kids who have a, have him, like, basically on belay. And um, he drops in, he grabs the ball. That was a police Ooh, yeah. situation outside what was my that? apartment. Um, and. Oh. Uh, Yaya's got the ball, and now it's the same thing. Like, reel him up. And he goes to get reeled up, and then the beast sees him and starts running for him. And so then all of a sudden, Ham loses control of the foot pedal, and the other kids happen to have, like, a secret belay line that we didn't know about and pull him up really fast. What is this word you keep saying? Is that the thing you clean your butt with after you poop? No, that's a bidet. uh, A belay is, like, the rope that... <laughs> or toilet paper, James was about to say. Uh, <laughs> you think I'm saying the bl- toilet the bl- paper? The is like a, the rope that you use when you're mountain climbing. Um, um, I would never know so, that. Thank you. I've learned something today. Have you ever rock, gone rock climbing or like at a rock wall and they're like belay on? Actually, um, you know the answer to that question. And, and then they say, oh, on. sorry, it's on um, belay. How dare you, uh, as Jay said. So Yaya, of course, when he's getting real, and drops the ball back down to the beast because... Um, I have, mean, come on, have one job. Human error. Now, we finally fixed the machine. Now mm. the... He literally dropped the ball. Nice. You know? Wow. Um, wow. Now the voiceover <laughs> Sorry, tells go us ahead. it became science <laughs> against nature. And we remember that thing that we learned in the first four minutes of the movie that he's a nerd. Foreshadowing. He's an egghead who has no friends. If you had forgotten, who does erector sets. Uh, So now he creates this giant erector set that has a remote controlled catapult car that he's somehow built. And there's wires and rigs and all this stuff. And he's in the treehouse, which even though it got blown up, is apparently fine. Um, And he's controlling this car. Squints again, staring through the Wheaties box. Um, And... They get the ball into the catapult. The beast spots it and he goes, throw it. And they throw it and the catapult actually works and it throws the ball towards everybody on the field. And oh Benny's God. like, I got it. This is it. And then all of a sudden, I out of nowhere, this. the beast jumps up and eats the ball. Which was a precursor to Free Willy. Go ahead. Yeah, that one's probably true. Um, and so... And so... Um, 
They don't get the ball. Now we go to Benny in his bedroom. And he's about to go to sleep. Benny he's in a... the jets. Now's the time? I, I, sorry. Usually it happens in my head. I didn't Great. mean to do that one out loud. Keep it's funny because it was Pretend that in my happened. head when you did it. Out of the closet. coming out of my mouth. Comes <laughs> Babe Ruth. Uh, at first he's black and white. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know that about him. Congratulations. <laughs> Gay icon, Babe Ruth. Uh, and so uh, Babe Ruth comes and he's first in black and white, but then he becomes color, which is bizarre. And um, basically Babe Ruth is like, hey, I'm here to help you with your problem. And Benny's like, what? And he's like, you lost a baseball with my signature. My, he goes, my John Hancock on it went over a fence, right? Well, you just hop over there and get it. All right, we'll see ya. And he goes to like go back into the closet. Um, and Benny's like, wait, no, I can't just go get it. There's a beast back there, a giant gorilla dog that ate one kid already. And that catches the babe's attention. And he turns around. And he's like, well, is that a fact? Sit down. Let me tell you something, kid. Everybody gets one chance to do something great. Most people don't take the chance. This is your big chance. Don't let it go by. Remember when you busted the guts out of that ball? Someone's telling you something. If I were you, I'd listen. Then the babe goes back to the closet. And after he's already disappeared, the voice of babe says, remember kid, heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, you'll never go wrong. Uh, Which I was like, wow, did they have to add the theme of this movie in post? That's really interesting. But that's, again, that's an aside. Um, neither yeah. here nor um, there but or anywhere I just remembered I have I have a Legends Never Die shirt too I got a lot of Sandlot merch so that I didn't even realize what I learned yeah. from that scene is that people only get one chance to do something great and most people let it go by and for Benny that one thing is getting a ball back mm. from a dog which was the precursor <laughs> to Eminem's Lose Yourself wow now that you say it it sounds so <laughs> good um, so they're back at the Sandlot and yeah. Benny brings out the secret weapon that we haven't heard anything about the whole time and that is PF Flyers the voiceover tells us that those are guaranteed to make a kid run faster and jump higher uh, and I thought wow that's some solid product placement for PF Flyers mm-hmm. I guess I don't really understand why we yeah. didn't know about PF Flyers before this was, they, were they, was yes, he the PF brother Flyers, of PF Changs? Um, were they related? was the precursor to PF Changs uh, <laughs> Uh, famous. No, they were the ones that like. Don't you squeeze them like no, the, the the pump? Why am I blanking on what like those actual pump? like? Yeah. To me, they just. To me, they yeah. just. I'll find out. Converse. Let me find out. Go ahead, Jay. Name, but um. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, they the do kids look like, like Benny. You don't have to do this, Benny. Don't do it, Benny. Don't do it, because they all think he's gonna get eaten by this dog. And Benny's like, I have to do this, because. Then the voiceover of Babe Ruth that we just heard forty-five seconds ago says again. Remember, kid. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Um, if your quote is really good mean, enough, you uh, don't have do, to say it twice. It's like a guy who just yeah. keeps using his catchphrase, uh, and you're like, all so right. So Benny lands in the yard. The beast comes out. Western music plays. And all of a sudden, we see the beast full in a full shot for the first time. And he's a normal-sized dog. Katie, do you have an announcement? Yeah, sorry. I'm. I didn't mean to react like that. Um. So PF oh, Flyers, no. not related to PF Changs, but mm. created by BF Goodrich. Wow. It launched in 1937. It was a canvas shoe. It's essentially a Converse. 
uh, featuring posture foundation and arch support. I'm going to tell you right now, these are not going to make you faster. These are going to cool. make you good well, at skateboarding, at I think. Kick flips. Um, I wonder why B.F. Goodrich made hmm. P.F. A mystery for flyers. another day. Hmm. <laughs> a mystery for today. Nor today. So the I'm Beast comes out and it's like a standoff. And it's Benny versus the Beast and the ball's in the middle of them. And then Benny has this big moment where he eyes the Beast and the Beast, again, is a very adorable... Bob Cousy played wearing PF flyers. People forget. The Beast, I have go to... Ahead. I have to... <laughs> At least apologize. Oh, sorry, I go ahead. To, I'm deeply apologetic. Go ahead. The Beast is a very adorable dog. Seems like a dog that I would want to be friends with. I would not be afraid of him. He looks mm. very cute. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, it's almost as if things aren't what they seem to be. Appearances true. are deceiving. So that's it. Benny runs for the yeah. ball, and you would think that he would do like a pivot here, like pick up the ball, pivot, run back, but instead he slides, picks the ball up, gets mm. back on his feet, and runs the opposite direction to go jump the fence. At this point... You know what else is like running the opposite direction is the fact that B.F. Goodrich, when they didn't want to make shoes anymore in 1972, they sold the business, the P.F. Flyers, wow. to Converse. It's like your Converse have more it's like Converse. It's like the Converse reaction ahead, that you would think B.F. Goodrich would have had. Woo! Wow. Woo! Wow. Uh, Woo! So Benny jumps the fence and you're like, oh, gosh, we did it. We got the ball. This is great. Until the beast, without a even moments like hesitation the metal chain that is chaining the beast that has chained him this entire time for the past however 20 years since he ate 187 people 30 breaks 176 breaks like like breaks before it even gets straight rules i'm out and now the beast is free and then the beast proceeds to jump the fence and chase benny um you know, the government was also on to the fact that Converse and PF flyers were too common because uh, <laughs> the in response to antitrust concerns of the Justice Department, both Converse and PF flyers were wow. sold. Wow. Jay, were you... People forget. Um, yeah. So we're then done. there's a montage of the beast chasing Benny around town. Um, they go to this huge picnic through a movie theater. There's a cake balancing situation where they've made this big cake for this picnic thing. And then it like flies up in the air and lands ah, on yes. the two Love guys who made the cake. Scene. Um, they run through the pool. Of course. Uh, and then Benny's like Sandlot. And then the rest of the kids are like, oh yeah, let's take this shortcut that we have not heard about the entire movie. Um, and they get all get back to the Sandlot before Benny and they're standing there and they're like, do you know what happened to him? Finally, Benny shows up with the beast at his tail and he runs and he runs and he jumps the fence again. And at this time, the beast, instead of jumping the fence, just runs into the fence and the, like runs through it and it breaks. But then the whole fence falls onto the beast and Benny is safe with the ball. And then hmm. they all, but they've hurt a dog, which but is But they've hurt a dog. And then. Right. Also unforgivable, New Balance bought PF Flyers and that's who brought <laughs> wow. it back. Wow. So it's now owned so, by, PF, by, uh, Smalls, by New Balance. Smalls goes over to the fence. So that's that on like, that. Tries to I'm lift it. And of course he can't because he is small. Um, and none of the other kids will help him lift it except for Benny, who is, sense. you know, the hero of this movie. And Benny comes over and they lift it. And as soon as they lift yes. it, the dog gets right out from underneath the fence. And he's like, totally okay. Which is was a relief to me because, again, he's a good boy. And um, then the beast is like an inch from Small's face, 
And Smalls looks at him, and he's afraid for a second, but then the beast just gives him a big slobbery kiss on his face. And we're like, oh, he's a good dog. Um, at this point, I wrote, also, have I mentioned this entire movie has Star Wars transitions like circles and stars and weird wipes? Which, you know, what's with hey. that? Um, so Great minds. <laughs> what's with they that? they <laughs> bring the dog around to the front door where a uh, blind James Earl Jones comes to the door. Um, and... Is he blind in real life? Is that is that wrong? James Earl Jones? Who? No. The doc? Oh. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jay. I'm sorry. I was, was reading was something else and then genuinely like, went, to say that? what? Oh, you deserve so much more of a, well, I'm going to regret this moment for the rest of my life because in podcast <laughs> history, that is a, that is on par with a Lamar Jackson take. It's because you, you guys looked at me like I said something crazy. Blind in real I wasn't looking at you. I was reading an well, article about PF. Next flyers. time you'll pay attention when I'm talking about James Earl Jones. Is James Earl Jones <laughs> you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Are I you think this it? is on me. It's on me that you I didn't know. know we can James see. Earl That's why I wrote Jones blind James Earl Jones, but then you guys looked at me and I was like, whoa, am I not supposed to say it that way? Blind James Earl Jones comes to the door. And he, I can't believe he's continuing to say that word. And they go, <laughs> we so, brought your dog home. And he goes, uh, oh, you guys were trying to get that ball. And they were like, yeah. And he goes, why didn't you just knock on the door? I'd have gotten it for you. And then everybody's like, come on, yeah, Squints. Yeah, I mean, that's the and question all, we're like, all are mad at Squints because Squints told him that, that he would never do it. Um, and then he starts laughing and is all nice and is like, thanks for bringing him home. Come on in. We'll talk about this baseball. And just Benny and Smalls go inside, and we see that it's kind of like a shrine to baseball. Um, and go ahead, Ashley. Go ahead. Ashley. How did Let he him... know they were trying said to get the ball? Like, You're the ones who've been making like... all that racket. Because um, again, they. Okay. Have you mentioned already no, that the yard is full of balls? The, yes, the yard is famously like any ball that goes over, okay. it, you can't get it back. Uh, but we're about to find out the extent of it. Mm. Um, but. So he's like, so tell me about that ball. And they were like, it was signed by Babe Ruth. And he goes, George signed it? And then the kid's like, yes, George, George Herman Ruth. I've learned this, um, says Smalls. Uh, and yeah, right. And then James Earl Jones says, hold on, and finds another ball. And he says, I'll trade you. And it's a ball signed by all of the 1927 Yankees, not just Babe Ruth. And Smalls is like, why would you trade? And James Earl Jones goes, I got a lot of good stuff. Um, and sips tea and grins, and then we see a photo of him next to Babe Ruth, and we find out that he used to play with Babe Ruth, and he was going to break Babe Ruth's hitting record, but then he got hit in the face with a baseball, and that's what made him blind. Um, and... <laughs> in real life, because... <laughs> yeah. Is this movie not real? I thought I was watching a documentary... <laughs> Next podcast, we just do a game called. Next podcast, we just do Are They Blind? And we just read off celebrities, and Jay has to What a way to go out. I actually think we should play that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This at this point, I was confused about timelines because he said he was playing with Babe Ruth, and at that time, I don't believe that black men were allowed to play baseball in the major leagues alongside white men because it was 1927. Um, but, you know, that's okay. Uh, and uh, so then basic, 
Now I'm like You've afraid to speak. Jay's like, is James Earl Jones black? That part I say the wrong thing. So basically, then it all wraps. So then basically, the guy says, just come back once a week and we'll talk about baseball and it'll make me happy. And they're like, oh, yeah. Which is so sweet, but can you imagine yeah. how much that sucks? That you're like, we got the ball back, but at I what mean, cost? He seems we gotta pretty go cool talk to this old man <laughs> every week. Sure, but after six weeks, you're like, I heard I all your stories. To, I have stuff to you do. Guys, you guys, yeah, yeah, what else do we have to add? Yeah. Old man. I know, um, and I'm ruining I, it. It's what I do. Um, <laughs> believe is really blind, so you really should. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna meet James Earl Jones and, and just be like hello sir I know how did he even read his script you know <laughs> oh god um Jay. so then oh, we get a nice oh. little wrap up moment he gives Bill Dennis Leary finally comes home after the entire movie and he gives him the, the other ball and tells us that he Bill only got Dad. grounded for a Bill week Dad Dennis. Dennis Leary's all stoked about the ball and he goes and I stopped calling him Bill and just started calling him dad um then we get a montage of what wow. all of the kids Beautiful. did. Um, my favorite is the second one. He says, Yaya invented bungee jumping. Obviously, he learned something from when we dropped him into the uh, yard with a cord. Um, then he says, Bertram, yeah. and Tom which is one of the kids that only well. talks once. <laughs> Bertram got Never really into the 60s name. and no one ever saw him again is the description for Bertram. Bertram I believe Bertram drugs. is the one. I believe Bertram is the Bertram one. Bertram did drugs. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he got super into psychedelics and went off on a Timmy and he's Tommy still wandering Joshua Tree. Those were the twins. Uh, that didn't look alike. They named that's correct. the twins Timmy, Timmy and, and Tommy. Tommy. Well, that's like Tammy and Tommy in indeed uh, Two, one, squints two, grew two, up and so then we learned team. squints grew up and married wendy peppercorn and they have nine kids i don't uh, ham like is a pro wrestler nunez went to the minors and hercules Makes grew to be 199 years old in dog years hercules is that's the, not the beast, possible by the way i didn't mention that sorry um, Hercules grew to be 199 years old mm. in dog years. Do we want to do that math? Anybody really fast? I didn't do it. I just was curious. No, we don't. You got a Ashley. What? We don't. You got do a math. perfect score in the math SATs. Do the yeah. math. That's like you talking about James Earl Jones is also offensive because you have perfect vision, whereas he is blind. Justice is blind. Is really 28 and a half ish. 28. That's. that's- Impossible, correct? That's, that's impossible. In humans, he's yes, also a that's giant impossible. Dog. Um, yeah, they, they never ever cover did. the no, human eating. We moved on from that. Hmm. So this could be one of those reformed and finally, dogs. But he did we eat about all Benny those the people. Jet Rodriguez, and now we go to the present day from where from whence we started. We're back in the the press booth, and a guy mm. in a fish hat with a very long bill is calling the game. <laughs> Why? And Why does he still have that Benny hat? Benny the Jet Rodriguez is a pinch runner because we don't want to make him too good. And uh, he's on third base and then mm. he proceeds to steal home to win the game. And he's mm. calling the play and he calls the play and Benny the Jet steals home and he's celebrating in the press boat booth and Benny on the field. 
And then from the field to 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 the present, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, now adult and with a mustache, gives a very, very sentimental thumbs up to the press booth. And... Okay, again, that's... I mean, every thumbs up is sentimental if you're doing it right, you know? And then we pan over (laughs) to a photo of all the kids in color, even though it was the 50s, from the Sandlot, and then we go to the credits. The end. Wow. Main takeaway from the film, big lesson there, is that if you're a big nerd who doesn't know how to play sports but learns one summer, you too can become... (laughs) A sports broadcaster um and then the other takeaway and this one is i i have talked about this movie seen this movie this now seems wildly obvious to me but i still somehow think it's my first time having this thought organically i don't know if people have made this argument before sandlot is not a sports movie mm. <clears throat> not a sports movie it's a oh, coming of age interesting film. It's like very clearly like a, a coming of age it's like american graffiti of like it's, but it's like baseball is the device they use but mm-hmm. like it, after having watched little giants and like just watched the mighty ducks like the sports right. in no this big, movie there's no are big secondary game that they have to, win. to the like yeah the children and there's no yeah. coach and there's no like they beat their opponent and it's like you know it's more just about like kids being scrappy and making friends and learning about the world that one summer it's really not a sports movie I mean, if anything, you could argue it's a track movie since he has to run away from Hercules. Well, now you're taking what I thought was a great point, and you're just making no. It is. A, I'm not. I love you. But I'm I feel sorry. like that's got to be a point that someone's made before. If not, trademark. You can't have it. It's a not a sports movie. <laughs> it's uh, a hot take. Yeah, but it's like listening to Jay talk about it. I'm like, oh, this is just baseball is the way they use to talk about this thing. But it's very much like now and then. Yeah. Uh, like those yeah, types of Yeah, it's about learning to make friends right when your mom's like, hey, buddy, mm. like this summer you should make friends. <laughs> yeah. You need to get out of the house. You're very irritating. It's Go about find kids a friend. Learning yes. about everything about except consent, doing stuff that you know is bad and wrong and cool. <laughs> learning from it, but only when it hurts you, not when it hurts others. Then you just mm-hmm. marry the other right. and make them have nine kids with you. Nine also, kids is too many. He's like too ten many. years younger than her, which is the timeline of the nine children. Huh. Well, we, we don't know we that. Do. We don't. We don't know how old Wendy Peppercorn's supposed to be in the movie, right? That's another thing they really gloss mm. over in a lot of these films is the age. Yeah. There's a line in Little Giants where she's like, even the 12-year-olds think he's dreamy. And I'm like, does that mean they're older or they're younger? I don't <laughs> understand what that means. Man, even the 35-year-olds think he's dreamy. All right, you know Ashley. I mean? Maybe we should. I'm going to save you from yourself here. And uh, we'll just uh, gloss Allegedly. So, Jay, do you have any final thoughts on Sandlot? You know, I think that, like like most movies that we watched at that age, it was like, it made you want to do a bunch of stuff. I think it was really good at teaching us. Like, there's a couple of things from Sandlot that, like, always will be Sandlot stuff. Like, whenever, you know, you were a kid and you got to make s'mores, I feel like you always thought of that scene where he's making s'mores. It's back. He stopped for a minute and then he went back to doing it. S'mores. S'mores? Yeah, it's one. I say it with one syllable. You're saying you it like th- the origin of the phrase. Yeah. You're saying it like you want s'mores. 
It's okay. It's you. You don't. But the thing is, you stopped doing it. So I was like, oh, maybe he was just setting up the line where he's like, some. I want some. I can't have some more. I. But then now you weren't. So now (laughs) I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Jay, you're doing so good. Yeah, I don't. I actually want Celeste. Celeste. Celeste pizza. Uh, A frozen Celeste pizza. (laughs) Ashley, is there anything you remember from Sandlot? That changed your mind, or like anything other than <laughs> learning what we learned about James Earl Jones. Uh, no, I'm still honestly upset with myself that not remembering his name was Smalls. I <laughs> that's gonna is, sing for a it's while. It's going to be a thing that we deserve to get roasted for, and I'm yeah. and I just want to be honest with everyone. I don't know what happened there. Truly, yeah. I don't know what happened there, um, uh, and we're sorry. And please don't cancel us, or you can, but then like mm-hmm. bring us back. Yeah. Put us, just put us on like probation for a little bit. Yeah, probate the kind yeah. of probation where we get a, a limo driver and we get to like, coach kids <laughs> to a hockey um, championship while still being on salary. That kind of probation. Yeah, yeah. the one where we can travel that. to a different yeah. state to join the AHL. I'm into that. that kind I'm of probation. That. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, here's a here's a problem. Um, so for the last ad read, I think we have time for one more voicemail. But before that, today's podcast also brought to you by Simply Safe. Here's the thing. Um, <laughs> We had planned ahead that this would be coming after Space Jam, and I mean, since we're we didn't only, we're only talk about Space Jam even like remotely, probably, just you know, nope, nope. Uh, I think next week we either have to not talk about ourselves because we did that for an hour. It's mostly me. I'm admitting that as I say it. Uh, I don't have to do makeup wipe saga. Um, Next week, we either have to do nothing about ourselves in both of our movies, Ashley, or we update the Makeup Wipe Saga quick. and you do a movie, and then the next week, I'll do a movie. The I cannot we wait have... two more weeks to I hear like your thoughts on Little Giants. My I can't. It's like actually going to argument for doing it next week is that, you know, it's our last podcast with Jay, mm. and I would like to know They're Jay's so thoughts small. on Little Giants. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> We're going to figure, but also so big, um, we're going to figure that out. But point is, we had planned on the singing ad read. We had a little bit of debate about whether or not we should do um, a problematic person's song from that film. We had decided we were going to do that, do it because it's a cover. And technically, I think doing a cover of someone's song without asking them is, is bad for them. So I think <laughs> we netted out on it being a good call. Point is, we didn't talk about Space Jam. And so now, as we were talking about this movie, I was trying to listen to like music that was brought up. One song was Tequila. This would take forever if we did one word <laughs> and then it went. What? We'd be here for three more hours. Uh, the only other song mentioned yeah. was This Magic Moment. Yep. Which I think this I know how it goes. Moment. We are going to just cold read. Yes. Uh, and hopefully I remember I how the song happened. goes. Did you find an instrumental or do you need me to? What? Did you find an instrumental or do you need me I to? I just Googled this magic moment karaoke and we're going to click the first one that, oh, first, here that we comes go. up. Do you know who sings it? Nope. Oh, well, it's the Drifters, but mm, this one my, said Jay and the Americans. That's, that's and band. I was like, yeah. what? That's us. That's us. No, that's your old band. His new band's Jay yeah. and the French. Let's see what this... Let's see go. how this works. Boy, I am guess. I excited. Fade out on the woes. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Jay, Hi, let's do one, one more voice now. I'm calling from Indiana. Um, you may remember I called in September and asked you to help me choose a Premier League team. And 
uh, we talked, and you all chose <gasps> West Ham for me, um, which, looking back, was tough. Oh, but, no. Uh, a tough year for West Ham. <laughs> so, uh, it's something that I, I wanted to just call in and say thank you. We are playing in about 30 minutes. We're playing Watford, and if we win, I think we'll be safe from relegation. But if we lose, um, I may have to subscribe to ESPN Plus next year in order to keep watching them. Um, but... I really do just want to say <laughs> our plan worked. The team for me. Uh, it has been something actually really wonderful. My brother-in-law and I uh, ended up both becoming really big West Ham fans. Uh, we don't have a team in common, so once he heard that I had called into the podcast, he got right on board um, and said, hey, I don't have a Premier League team either, so let's do this together. Um, and it's been just really something wonderful for us. Um, and even though it's been tough and we may uh, get relegated this year, it really has been something I've enjoyed. So, um, I wanted to say thank you, and I also have a question then. What, uh, for each of you, is your most memorable season for one of your teams um, and a season that did not in- end in a championship? Uh, so look at us, it's been so great. So what's something like that for you? Um, thank you again for my team. Thank you for bringing my brother-in-law and I closer together. Uh, it's been really wonderful. So love you, mean it, thank you. Aww. That's really cute. I think it might just be my emotional state, but I'm like crying a little bit. That was like a really sweet voicemail. I'm going to tell you right now, when I saw that the Premier League might have been canceled when COVID first started and there was the whole like disagreement about whether they would come back at all because of promotion relegation, I was like, this is good. Because we assigned somebody West Ham at the beginning of the season. <laughs> and that person would have hated us if they carried out the season. And so when he said he was, oh, when he said his name at the beginning, when he was like, you gave me West Ham, oh. I was like, shit. He's going to yell at us. That West is the best. That's did, my, one West of my Ham favorite voicemails. And they should what were you going to say, Jay? I mean, they're like pretty mathematically safe. They're going to sign up that they will not get relegated. So... Let's go, Tim! <laughs> and Tim's nameless brother-in-law! <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, it's also such a good question. You know, as a Boston fan, really hard for me to pick a, a season because oh, wow. you said that didn't end in a championship. And, and just, you know, mm. so many of them did. Um, yeah. I think it's because I'm being sammed by this question, but it made me think of uh, the season that the Eagles beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl because it was like a moment that I genuinely uh, think, I've said this before, so we don't have to go on and on about it, but taking Ashley to that game and watching Ashley see the Eagles win the Super Bowl for the first time was like very nice, but it's not really fair to answer the question that way because it wasn't like I loved the Patriots season that season. Um, but that was just a very memorable end to the season for me to see it, it be, you know, great mm-hmm. for Ashley, though terrible for us. Um, so that's well, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick when the Patriots beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I was going to say, you have so many to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for real though, that was, um, you guys may not remember this, but for three years in a row, the Eagles got to the NFC championship game and lost um, they were a really good team with McNabb. And then when they finally like got T.O. and they were awesome and they like broke through the NFC championship barrier and made it to the Super Bowl, it was at a point when um, I think I was either a freshman or sophomore in college. Freshman? Um, 
I was still a huge Patriots fan. Like I became a Patriots. Uh, they were my second team when I was in high school because I went, I was friends with Amanda Belichick and yada, yada, yada. So it was she like my two teams. Yeah. Well, if, we've talked about it before. Yeah. Like no, I, I was really good know, friends with um, Miranda was, Popovich. You know, year, like, so I understand. Still fun to root for. And yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I went to I went to boarding school in Boston. All of my best friends were Patriots fans. Like it was like my two teams were in the Super Bowl. This was a dream. Uh, and even though the game changed a lot of things for me forever, and it was I was incredibly heartbroken. That whole season um, was really really fun to watch. Like as as an e- a Philadelphia fan in general, like you're always on the edge of your seat of like are they going to break my heart like every week? And just to have a team be so consistently good was just, it was so nice. I think they started the season like 11 and one. Like it was just a pleasure. Yeah. That's like, it was like last year's uh, Liverpool season for me was like, but I mean, they won champions league, but it was, they didn't win the premier league. And it was like such a good, I loved everybody on the team. And it was like this season that like, got the team got its hooks in me completely and i got to go and like it was um it was um awesome but also you know bad. originally i was Jay? gonna say the year before city won the premier league for the first time in 2011 was a big year for me because it was like the first time that city were good my whole life and i had been you know watching them for a long time mm-hmm. um and i think we won the fa cup that year um but i also then you know judging by what you guys said i want to say it was uh, it was either the year before or the year after the Rams won the Super Bowl in like 99. They like went really far, but were actually good for the first time my whole life. And I remember that year like being like the first time I ever like learned to like football because the team that I had in front of me was actually like playing well. Um, because for the first five years that the Rams were in St. Louis, mm. they were just mm. straight hot trash. And, um, it was really great to like get to go to the game and the dome and like watch football. And also because they were not very good that year yet, like the tickets were apparently very cheap. And so like we had like really good seats because like they were very affordable. And so like, I think we went to a couple of games that year and I just remember like for the first time watching football and being like, Oh, this is actually really an amazing sport that I want to watch more of. And then the next year we won the Super Bowl, which was pretty dope. Um, And by we, I mean, I thought for sure you were going to say uh, that you're going to um, say the, this year no, the Ravens season. This was a good season for the Ravens, but, but I, I think that we will have better. Um, uh, the Ravens, you know, yes, have the best will. living quarterback of all time in Lamar Jackson. And so um, on the ground, in the air. Sure. Um, really on the ground. In, in the locker room. Um, hmm. So, hmm. yeah, he's just a team leader across the board. Um, what? So anyway. <laughs> okay. That's it for this week's edition of sports. Um, shout out to shout out to Freshly, indeed, Coors Light, and Simply Safe. Shout out to season eight heavy metals inside the Caroli Gymnastics Empire. That is a I'm sure you know, but I'll tell you anyway. It's a groundbreaking seven part podcast mm. series. That t- it's called season eight. It is a thirty for thirty. It's not. Is it thirty for thirty? Got it. Okay. Um, it's a, it's a uh, seven-part podcast series. Takes listeners on a deep dive into the lives and influence of Bella Caroli and Marta Caroli. 
the, I love that you put the uh, pronunciations in. That's very sweet. But as if I didn't worship this man growing up and now, you know, the most successful and controversial coaches in USA Gymnastics history. Subscribe now. There it is to the 30 for 30 feed on Apple Podcasts. The whole season is available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And I would highly recommend it because 30 for 30 podcasts are very good. And it gave us that little nugget from uh, oh Shelburne last season. God, Sterling. <laughs> Reading that quote from, um, oh from that boy. deposition or whatever. And uh, big thanks to you guys for listening, you know, now and then uh, the second time. Because we only did one movie. Look, we made the call real early. I don't know how they're going to edit it. But we made that call real early that it was like, you know what? Let's let Jay really dive in on this film. And we did that because otherwise this would be, I would have said seven, six ain't or nobody, seven Ain't hours. nobody got time and for We that. just don't have time for that. So <laughs> no you can listen to it twice. For that. Point is you can listen to it twice. Uh, um, or... You could just leave us a nice review wherever you listen to this podcast because we read them and we love them. Like this one from Clarson99 that says, this is the only podcast that makes me text my husband at work to say, we've got a three-hour pod today and truly mean the exclamation point. Cage have brought me laughs and made me feel less crazy throughout quarantine times and they do it while making you feel like you're hanging out with your best friends, even if you're not actually leaving the house to interact (laughs) with humans. Also, famously, they make sure I'm up to date on all things sports news. Um, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Here's, let me say on that note that the, the Wolves owner is selling the team. Um, Kevin Garnett is part of the group interested in buying the team. Fans, uh, MLB fans are going to be able to, through a new app, uh, cheer and boo from home remotely. That sounds like a bad idea. Uh, Kemba Walker, Walker, Kemba Walker, Kemba Walker. Is likely to, uh, Waka Waka is going to sit out the first scrimmage on Friday versus the Thunder. And, um, you know, the NFL is planning to permit players to have social justice decals on helmets. So they deserve a cookie for that. <laughs> totally oh, do. do, do <gasps> oh, my God, the finale. Totally do. Uh, in totally fitting with um, how the, this challenge update is going, it was the most disappointing final I've ever seen in my life. It was terrible. After all the hype of TJ talking about his final, it was so bad. Mm-hmm. They had to do one thing where they had to like cross country ski up a mountain or like across a mountain and light something on fire. And then they found out the twist after that was that there was going to be an elimination. The elimination was between Melissa and Casey. And Melissa was like, I quit. I'm already tired. I just don't think I can make it. I'm going to, I think I'll die. So I'm going to quit. And so she quit. So Casey just got to walk. And then it was Johnny versus Corey. No, Rogan. No, Rogan. Johnny versus Rogan. Johnny beat Rogan. So then Johnny, Corey, who had won. Am I getting that right? Or did Fessy win? Mm-hmm. Who won? Corey won. Corey Johnny, won. Corey, uh, and Casey and Jenny got to sleep in a house while Kyle and Fessy had to stay outside. Eventually, they let them inside. And then the next morning, all they had to do was Because Bailey hike. quit, too. Oh, yeah. Bailey quit because she tore her ACL, she thought, which I don't think she did. Um, and then they... So it was just... And only first... and first place got money Mm -hmm. yeah which was thank god because it was only two women left so if it had been first and second place they probably would have just made a deal to both quit and or like both take their time and then split the money but uh yeah so it was two women and four dudes competing uh johnny bananas won which i'm bummed about because it was a final and now he's probably going to retire he's hinted to that and um and uh and case uh jenny won yeah, the only other thing they had to do while they were just trekking across mm. a mountain math. was solve a math problem. Math. That was it. 
And I didn't understand why when whoever the last guy was, which I think was Corey, was leaving and Casey was still there trying to figure out a math problem, why he didn't just tell her the answer. Because they were yeah, all doing the I same math it... problem and Casey's money does not affect his money. So I, I, it was, I was so disappointed. I've never been Casey more Casey literally timed out was of it math problem. Like, yeah, it took her so long that they were like, just go. Yeah. She couldn't figure it out. Hmm. It was close. it was like various steps. It was like, like you're this skiing times four four it. It's like plus it gives you the number whatever. plus, and then it gives you the number minus, and it's like it, you just had to I keep tell you. Of it. She couldn't do it, so no. there was no. The women's final was oh, oh. I will say though, hold on. Important note: Jenny finished before all the dudes. She oh, yeah, flat I didn't out even notice won. that. Yeah, you're right. She beat everybody. So shouts to women. It's a very good shouts to women. Also, this is not where the challenge update is supposed to go. Most people Doodly probably do. tuned out of the podcast by now. But <laughs> those of you who listen, it's like a nice little treat for you. Just like if all your ads are in the right place. Um, and lastly, don't forget that you can always <laughs> leave us a voice, man. Doodly do. 5565571. Say goodbye, Ashley. Bye. Say goodbye, Jay. I'm sorry. Bye. Love you. Mean it. Sorry.